That's Dark talks about movies that depict violence and sexual violence. Due to the nature of the show, please listen at your own discretion. This show is an ongoing conversation between Danny, David, and Pappy. They talk about the most extreme movies they can find. If you enjoy their discussion, please review the show on iTunes. Now that you've seen me in the club, the fact that I would be there masturbating means that, of course, I'm not homophobic. Bring us in, Danny. Take it home. Uh, okay. Before we start recording the podcast, we're going to have to do a clap after this because I just pulled up a dream that I want to read to you guys that I wrote down when I woke up for a second. This <laughs> is a quote. I am a mean, young, drunk, and unambitious woman, and I will ruin your life. And that's what Rosie O'Donnell said to a pedophile in my dream. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How did you know? I just woke up and I was like, oh my God, and I wrote it down. <laughs> How did you know the person was a pedophile? I just knew the dream. It was like, it was like, I was like in a courtroom or something like that. And what did she say? Sorry. She says, I am a mean, young, drunk, and unambitious woman, and I will ruin your life. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Yeah. That is cool. It's a heavy O'Donnell quote. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, I also had an idea for uh, what we've done to Tyler or what they've done to Tyler. Yeah. Like a plot idea. Yeah. I thought about uh, water balloons full of gasoline. That's the cool part, right? Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. It was that's like good. if, and I was picturing it like a Gaspar film, where yeah. it was like the whole thing builds up to like just making these kids fight with fucking gasoline water balloons. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like we we have to sit down and write like the ethos of like what it is, the type of fucked up it has to be. Yes, absolutely. All these movies have a different bent of like why you can always smell what the director thinks fucked up is. Yeah. And it's not, it's like, it doesn't always land. And there's stuff that always lands with us. And we got to figure out what that is. And then for sure, we yeah. start from there. Yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Come up with the ethos. <laughs> Welcome to That's Dark. This is I Stand Alone, episode two. Yeah, well, that was Whoa. so smooth. They hit that it was or what? silky yeah. smooth. Yeah, Woo. absolutely. Someone's been practicing at home. It, it's definitely <laughs> written on the computer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was that dream thing. I freestyle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was just to buy time to write down the opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's okay. Take, um, take backs. Take backs. Yeah. Are there take backs? No, I think we said that last week. Yeah, we that, knew there oh, were. Cool. I, I don't have a take back, but I have a clarification. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, uh, it's really just to touch on, because uh, I listened to last week's, po- le- whoa, last week's <laughs> podcast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we were talking about the quotes, and we remember we couldn't remember the quote when we got time to the yeah. quote. Like, that was yes. a bummer. Uh, the quote was from, I'll see if anybody remembers it if I give you a hint. The quote was from the mom. Like, the, 
Like the 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 bar the bar patron whatever the bar mom. Uh, no, the the fatso wife's mom. Oh yeah. Do you remember what she says? That no. we were like, oh, that's amazing. And then, okay, so here's second 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 hint. Yeah. We all she said it, and we we're all like, why would you say that? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. I, I remember nothing. that that was probably my favorite part of the movie yeah. at that point in the movie. So what it was was the mom. Uh, it's when uh, the butcher goes to attack starts attacking or like punching the the fatso oh, mom yeah and she's like i'm the mom says quote i'm gonna go get the gun <laughs> yeah, yes. That, that, yes. <laughs> like to them yeah yeah but she, yeah the way for the listeners because we've seen the movie the way she says it is that she's not threatening him she announces it to them to like they all need to know for all of their sake that she's gonna go get the gun. Yeah, like it's like like the ship is sinking and she's gonna save everything, save the day by going to get the gun. Yeah, and then he's like turns his attention on to the mom and he, and he says like, "Where's the gun? Like yeah. you have a gun? Yeah. Like you didn't know the gun existed? Like there's no reason to bring that gun up? Like no. just go get the gun and like surprise? Yeah, yes. clap him with the gun. Yeah." That yeah. was the best. That was the fucking best. Yeah, for sure. So it's not a take back, but it's something I did want to rehash. Yeah. Because that was a really good It moment. would only be worse if she asked the daughter, like, yo, yeah. should I go get the gun? Yeah. Yeah. In front of him? Yeah. Yeah. Like, should I get, uh, should I get the gun? Do you need me to get the gun to kill this man that's attacking you? <laughs> right, right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The one in the cupboard? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the goat's right here. It's loaded. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think this is necessarily a take back. I don't, I don't really know what it is, but it's like we went off on the wikipedia well we didn't go off on it but we we we, <laughs> we were gentle with it we we were gentle but, but we 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 more than usual cuz sometimes we go off but i think we questioned uh there were some some plot points in the wikipedia uh, plot summary of this movie that we were like when did that happen yes and uh i immediately like the second i started looking into this i realized that this movie is a sequel <laughs> Yes, that would have been yeah. good to know. So yeah. I guess we'll probably get into it. Yeah. Uh, so so this movie can't stand alone. That's what I'm going to say. Does, no, no, right. yeah, it does not stand alone. No. Do we did we confirm whether or not uh, he is raped in prison or he has sex no, with a man in prison? That's the thing. Watch the movie today. That doesn't. That's not explicit in any way. Interesting. Like basically the way that that plays out. In that was a big one. Like yeah. there were a couple of other things we were like, eh, I don't know if I remember that, but like yeah. it was like kind of just little bits and pieces where like maybe it was in the dialogue and it was lost in translation or whatever. But we definitely had no recollection of something about a prisoner like raping him because it just wasn't mentioned. Uh, so what happens is he he goes to jail, um, and he, like immediately this guy sits down like <laughs> this like guy who's like a lot smaller than him and kind of looks like. Uh, like not uh, Ray Romano, but he's like the the actor. He plays the guy who manages the coffee shop in Girls. I don't know. If you, uh, I don't know that. He just looks like uh, like a like a goofy Brooklyn kind of like Jewish guy, like hipster guy sort of okay. thing. And he's just like, hey, and just thought, is, is this seat taken? Like on the butcher's mattress in prison. And he just like looks at him, and he just kind of looks down, and he sits down, and then he like. Like touches his back or something like that. Oh, that's like, insinuating. Is this cool? A, a sex moment. But it's not. Yeah, but it's it's like it's very much not like it's like. It's I wouldn't not, think the butcher would get taken by Ray Romano. Yeah, like visually, if you had seen this guy, you would need to see how it gets there. You would need to see like some sort of evidence that the guy's super fucked up and like 
despite his appearance, he's like a, a psycho rape man. And yeah. uh, there's no evidence of that. And then he does mention after like like in like in the voiceover like i'm not gay like whatever it's just this and then when he's leaving the the prison in the the movie yeah the guy's name is gerard yeah and when he's leaving the movie gerard says i'm not gay no 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 no. the butcher says that like he like just the voiceover he just says like no matter what happens i'm leaving here today whatever and i'm not gay but like this and like he just kind of like addresses it in that way where he where you know that he did have a sexual relationship with that man in jail but in no way does it seem like rape and also when he's leaving the jail cell he's like in a very like man shit kind of way okay like looks at gerard and like shakes his hand with like a really firm like almost like dad handshake and he's like gerard I'll see you another day. And just like leaves. So I don't know All if right. it was a rape though. I don't, I don't think he says rape. I think yeah, he has like I, sex that's what with I was. Man. That's what yeah. I was wondering. I think he says like it was like I had sex with a man in jail. Isn't that what he's? In, isn't that what the, the, the plot, plot summary? summary? Isn't that what the plot up. summary says? I don't. I, I I don't. But even still, he could he could have changed that narrative in his head after to a rape. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you were just like. I wouldn't yeah. do something like that unless I was taken advantage of. Yeah, but it's, it's I mean, just in the way that they they bra- they they breeze over it. It says as a teenager, unable to open uh, horse meat. They see the thing is like, they don't really <laughs> horse like, meat. As a teenager, yeah, horse, yeah, horse meat. Horse meat. Okay, yeah, in yeah, prison, yeah, yeah, the butcher. butcher has sex with a cellmate. Upon his release, he vows to forget it all happened. That is yeah, what happens. Yeah. That's that exactly what happened. Yes. No. Yeah. So this that is a proper take back. I think. But, that, I think that somewhere you know, else clarify. Yeah. Wikipedia person. Oh like, yeah. yeah. Clarify. Yeah. This is not actually in the film in any way. No. But he probably said it in the in the fucking uh, narration. There's so much hot shit that comes at you in that opening sequence. But I don't remember. The, the thing is, I was really, really paying attention in that to try to remember. Like I was like, whoa, there's like a lot of information really fast, and I was intentionally trying to remember stuff like that for the podcast this time. Yeah. And like I was I was like I was like I want to remember this shit and I don't remember him even mentioning being in prison. It's just kind of like they kind of like I definitely remember being in prison. I know mm-hmm. I, I know that they say that he was in prison, but I don't yeah. remember any discussion about anything happening in prison. They it's kind of like the end of the story is him going to prison and then the new part of the story is him having sex with a barmaid. And that's kind of like the way that it like it's it's really like a 1 minute scene in in Carne in, in mm-hmm. the original. Yeah. Um and it's not so sorry for listeners. The the movie that it's a sequel to is like a like a really long short film called Carney. It's like thirty eight minutes long, and it's literally uh, if you listen to the last episode, we when we're doing the plot summary, uh, we talk about at the beginning of the movie. There's like a two minute sort of lead up to it where he just says everything that's happened in his life to get him to the point where the movie starts, mm-hmm. and that is all the movie Carney is. But it, it's it's like it's not even that. It's really just it's a after strange his, thing to do. It's really just after his daughter is born. It's like there's so the way that the movie starts, and we'll get in, into this a little bit later on. Uh, and this he sh- should be accountable for. Uh, he gets he goes into a real slaughterhouse and finds uh, like like that like Gaspar Noir does with the camera, and he films somebody killing a horse, and it's fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene in the movie, immediately after that, is a real live birth of, of a human. Yeah. Okay. And that's how the movie starts. I don't want is to the birth him? Things. No, no. It's like it's like he go. He went to. Uh, it was a midwife who was giving birth, and she had given birth so many times. She was like, "I don't give a shit. If you want to film it, that's fine." Yeah, but like, what part of the plot is it's that? The daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fucked. All right. I don't want to see either of those things. Yeah. 
We should watch it. I'm not about the beauty of childbirth. I yeah. want to see a horse get murked. I talked with Cappy <laughs> in the car ride over, and I realized that this would have been the one to pay. Like, I had one shot, one opportunity. I had one yeah. chance to blow, and yeah. I blew it. You blew it. Yep. Because like, like, The spaghetti I, is on your yeah, sweater, because, sir. Because, so for, for those uh, for, for listeners out there, David does not eat meat. I know that. Okay, well, a little, historically, a little fish but these days. Historically, <laughs> historically, <laughs> yeah, wooga my son woo. <laughs> I know all yes, about. Yes, yeah, I know, but I know yeah. about fish sometimes. Yeah, um, but uh, I, uh, I was saying to Pappy in the car, it over. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of glad because I, I, I messaged the other two guys this morning, and I was like, maybe we watch Carnate's pretty short. Like, maybe we just watch it so that we can kind of like do like a mini hot takes, whatever. And then we were kind of like, that's gonna. It'll just be too long. It'll be too long of an episode to have like a mini hot takes plus all the other stuff. Yep. And so uh, I was like, I'll just watch it myself. And I, and I was saying to Pappy on the car over, I was like, I'm glad I didn't fucking bring that in because like the, the horse scene was fucking brutal. Like it was really bad. And, uh, and Pappy's like, really? Like how so? And I start describing what happens in it. And Pappy's like, yeah, I could never in a million years watch that. And I was like, well, I thought David couldn't watch it. He's like, no, David could probably watch it. I can't watch it. Yeah, that. I would have no problem watching it. I'd watch yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I was like, well, and then I was like, well, then there's this like baby senior who's like, yeah, I don't want to watch that dude. <laughs> yeah, don't, I absolutely don't. Just like, I don't want to see yeah, either of those yeah. things. And I realized I could have, like, I, I would have felt crazy after that. If yeah. I had, if I had literally just done a little bit more research, mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have, <laughs> yeah, killed it with a 38 minute long movie. Yeah. Oh, with the first been, yeah. seven minutes or however long you said is two scenes. You said dude, the first. Imagine two scenes. I got you to leave. Yeah. Like imagine you didn't finish the movie. Yeah, I man, I probably would have finished I it. Know, I, like ma- I know, I but like really imagine bummed. though. That I think for me, that's like just that's magic. Like, yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Imagining, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Like no. that feeling. Yeah. So I'm glad that didn't work out in your favor. Be some sweet poetic justice for me. I yeah, think I'm but. still untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> in this, as it stands, I'm gonna find something with all that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like when we were growing up. The only ones that I wouldn't watch were those. The the crazy like protest ones, you know the the documentaries oh, yeah. Yeah, on yeah. slaughterhouses and the, shit. You watch those, all the PETA ones. Yeah. yeah, I just can't, man. I can't. They're nuts. I live blissfully in ignorance when it comes to that stuff. Yep, which is a bummer. So be it, I guess. Fuck, man. Um, I was a vegetarian for four years. Lay off everyone. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just yeah. It, it, I've to, paid my to, debt. To be fair, the the scene was the scene was like I'm collecting. Yeah, the the scene the the so basically what he did was uh, he yeah he goes to a, 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 like a kind of like not like a big corporate like like sort of like slaughterhouse. He goes to like one that specializes in horse meat and like goes to like a it, like it's pretty middle range so they use the bolt action rifle to kill the horse mm-hmm. and it stays up for like way too long and they just take the horse apart with like a fucking knife for like and like crazy it's like long yeah and then it j- immediately jumps into the butcher eating like a like a blue rare horse steak whoa it's it's pretty gnarly sounds awful but it's like it was a way more i would say this about that carne movie was more effective than i stand alone mm-hmm. like all this stuff that we were kind of like yeah that's nuts to think about but it didn't really like Ding us and all the meat stuff. I mean, like, that's probably like the most effective part. Like that movie comes in real hot with that and does it really well. And then it's just like, eh, I'm gonna watch that again in the longer movie. I don't need it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carne's like, bummer. I, I would say, like, as a review for like a, like a, a sweeping review, you don't need to watch I Stand Alone. You can just watch Carne and you get it. God damn it. I know. And on yeah. I'm I'm the most disappointed because I picked it and I had the opportunity to wake up Pappy. I know. And it would have been shorter. <laughs> and it would've big time. Yeah. Big yeah. time. <laughs> That checked yeah. every box. Yeah, for I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the like the dragon in whatever J.R. Tolkien thing. He's got like one chip of armor yeah. off his thing. 
That's yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. Animal <laughs> torture and childbirth. Yep. The beauty of childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> Fuzz that. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. I feel, I feel like I'm a forward thinking guy in like most all things in my life, but I would definitely, which I won't ever be, mm-hmm. uh, the dad who just chills out, like the dad to be who just hangs out in the fucking foyer smoking cigarettes. Like that's like <laughs> the only time I'd one smoke cigarettes and two, I would never be in the room. I want to hang out while you smoke a bunch of cigarettes. Yeah. Just watching you in the, in the lobby while smoking like, cigarettes, <laughs> taking fines like Sean Penn. At yeah, the fucking this, <laughs> this crazy burden is yeah. being like, forced upon me for sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this brings your empathy score down as yeah. well. No. Just that like <laughs> your, your woman would be going through like the most traumatic experience and you'd be like, no, I can. No, it's the not beauty of childbirth. She's probably like having the best <laughs> She's time. She's having a great time. Yeah, for sure. She's just in there being beautiful. And it's just not my brand of beauty. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's all that is. That's all it is. Yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just don't like new things. Like. Yeah, she's not empathizing with me, really. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to do this in the first no, place. Why would you make me do this? Yeah. yeah. I don't want this at all. You're a lot like the butcher in that way. And I guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. At least I'm honest. All right. Because if you did have a baby, you would love it like so unconditionally and crazily. I'm not saying that you would love love it. Yeah. But you would like I feel like you would love it up to the point where you start developing feelings for it. You would love it like like one not shy of that. That's how much you would love that baby. Like developing sexual feelings for it? Like before that though. Oh. It would just be like such an overwhelming, like all consuming love that you would just like the way that you love Ahab is like Border, yeah, borderline, <laughs> borderline sexual. Is that what you're no, like pre-sexual, oh, pre-sexual. Yeah, yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, I do love that guy. Yeah, all this is gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I do. That's true. I know. I, I know. do love him. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that you're trying to have sex with, with any animals or, 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 or children. <laughs> I appreciate that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Sweet. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Let's <laughs> just uh, let's get back into uh, movie movie facts. We're basically yeah. there anyway. So there's, no there's no other take backs, right? Out there. No, no, no. I would like Danny to take back the insu- insinuation that. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, I'm saving that. I might. <laughs> I gotta get you. I gotta get you first with a movie. And <laughs> dig it. All right. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't know too much about this movie particularly. Like, there's a, there's a there's more about Carney. Uh, because it was just like, I think he was trying to go a little bit like more nuts. He was a bit younger of a guy. He's doing crazy stuff. I've got a, you know, I, so generally what I just uh, like, there's not a lot of stuff about Gaspar Noir, but he'll just say random things in interviews, uh, that are kind of like that I've, I've assembled into a segment that I'm going to call Enfant Terrible <laughs> or, te, I don't know, Terrible, 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 where I'm just going to, because that's, you know, he fits the bill and we'll just talk about some of the things that he's done on set and some of the things that he said in interviews and just, like and we'll just try to like, yeah, like make that. sense of it. We'll yeah. do that afterwards. Um, I got a little, little bio on our, our boy Gaspar Noir. He was born in Argentina in the early sixties. He moved to France as a teenager. Uh, you know, he, uh, his, his dad was a famous painter and like a pretty, like a, like a, like an upper crust, like, uh, Part of like the uh, art intelligentsia of Argentina and left because of political tension, hmm. and uh, yeah, Gaspar Noir moved to France, and uh, I think you know, obviously he was pretty uh, heavily influenced by uh, French nationalism and 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 masculinity and uh, ideas of sexuality that kind of like come from like, like French ideas, you know. Hmm. Uh, 
He was influenced by the transgressive films that speak to a higher truth, such as Sallow, which we've watched yeah. recently. Yeah, not bad. One of his favorite movies of all time. Shout out. Safe by Todd Haynes, which is uh, a very good one. I tried to get you to watch that a little while ago. It's one where the woman develops all like the chemical, like the multiple chemical sensitivities. Oh yeah, yeah. And she like, right has to go like some weird retreat in Arizona, and like yeah. people are walking around in, like spacesuits, and it's like you can't tell if it's in her head or not. Hmm. It's like it's like it's a it's pretty crushing and, and, and horrifying. Okay. And seconds by John Frankenheimer, which is like it, for my money the best sci-fi movie of all time. Uh, sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big sci-fi man, but that's the fucking one dog. Um, big sci-fi man. Yeah, there's a scene in it where there's like 50 naked people, like hunched, in. hunched yep. into okay. like a 10 meter, like, like a like a kiddie pool size like area, and they're just pouring wine all, all over each other and singing a song about wine in California in the 60s. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's some tech. Dionysian shit. Yeah, it, yeah, they're they're recreating a Dionysian like. It's like the whole, it's like the wine festival. That's sick. Yeah. You I like love, it. I love Dionysus. You both like it. It's, it's tight. Naked bodies. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, yeah, he sort of like, he, he, the movies that he will claim are his favorite movies are the ones that he talks about a lot in interviews or when he's talking about like sort of like what influenced his style or the content of his movies are, he never really like goes with ones that are just shocking. They're always ones that are like, like shocking, like, like Eraserhead yeah. or like, uh, like Shenandaloo or just like stuff that like. Is just a little bit high. Like it's like it makes you think a little bit more, and mm-hmm. it, like it sort of gets in somewhere beyond just feeling shocking, which I think is like a lot of what we're talking about in this podcast a lot of the time. Yep, I think he might be a bit of a he's more or less the granddaddy of a lot of these movies that we watch. Even though I don't think his movies are necessarily the most effed up ones, I think that yeah, he kind of embodies it more. I think he kind of understands the value of the dark cinema that we kind of like. We started off thinking it was going to be horror movies, and these things are certainly anything but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we did start immediately going art or not art, so. Yep, that's true. I mean, yeah, we've been leaning this way since the start. Yeah. Well, it's it's tough, right? It's like, it's like with these, because it's like, how many horror movies have you seen that have actually messed with you? Yeah. Not that many. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then he attributes a lot of the style that he has, like specifically the audio and visual elements that he's become known for as. Stemming from psychedelic drug experiences that he's had, which is kind of interesting, yeah. Because Mm -hmm. it's it's, that is the that is the thing for me at least when I watch his movies that stand out the most is that they're like the actual style of them is like it it like it's almost it's like close to cringy music video kind of like editing, but it's just too good to Mm -hmm. not be affected by it. Kind of like he, he transcends that a little bit, and even if you don't notice it when you're watching it, like years later you'll remember how all of his movies feel. Which is kind of cool that it comes from drugs and not from like a fucking thing that he, a movie that he saw or like music that he listened to or something. Yeah. I I was actually worried you were going to say someone's name. No. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Joe Rogan would be all about that. (laughs) I know he would. Has he done DMT? DMT specifically? Yeah. Oh, geez. Wow. He does movies about rape. Well, it's not that big of a deal. We're going to have him on the show. We're going to (laughs) talk. Sorry. There's a little Joe Rogan jab. Sorry, Joe. (laughs) We love Joe Rogan. I know. I know. I love Joe Rogan. It's fine. It's fine. Just, boy, I'm just, going for, I'm just going for a Joe jab. It's more of a new segment in the show. <laughs> Joe jab, yeah. Joe jab every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> just try to beef with Joe. We need Goldberg to say we got a uh, Joe jab. M- meet me in the octagon, Joe. Man, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a problem, Joe. Uh, 
All right. We should fight Joe Rogan in the octagon for sure. You guys want to the train three me? of us versus him? <laughs> just like then we one, got a chance. One roundhouse kicks all their heads yeah. off. I feel like I'm worried that Pappy's gonna jump sides and go go on Joe's team. <laughs> Start whooping me. Sorry, boys. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. I might. Yeah, no. I know. I know. I, I, I know you wouldn't do that. that. I might try to put an end to it and be like, guys. Yeah. Let's let, let's let clearer heads prevail. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, that's like more or less all I have on Gaspar Noir, it, with the exception of the Enfant Terrible stuff, and that's I'm kind of saving that for. I feel like that's enough though. That yeah, is not, like, those not, are very interesting facts. Yeah, and it's like like just from like without getting too much into it. If you're not familiar with Gaspar Noir, his big movie is Irreversible. Yeah, we haven't watched it yet on the podcast. We might. Uh, yes. Well, yeah, we've all watched it. Yes, like, at least once, um, and it's one of the more shocking movies of all time, for sure. Yeah, like depending on who you're talking to, it's it's definitely like it's top three or four for almost for almost anybody who's seen it on any like on any pop culture most disturbing movies of all time list it's yeah. top five yeah yeah for sure and it yep. makes sense and like just generally but because we don't always prescribe to those a lot of those are, are bullshit yeah it, it is for me too yeah like, i think that it, it yeah. is genuinely a really affecting movie uh, and it, like, and sorry go ahead no, no, i was go just ahead. gonna say some of it has to do for sure with the level of art that's involved yes. that you're not expecting something that looks and is executed so perfectly to mm -hmm. be so brutal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lead this. This is a perfect way to lead into like what I wanted to do with this, uh, terrible thing. Cause it, it's kind of like <laughs> terrible, terrible. I'm yeah. not, I can't, I can't, I always like, ha I always like 10% do the accent. Cause I don't want to be a nerd. Who's like, can I get an Americano? <laughs> Dude, it's the worst. Yeah. I, need, like, I need a couple you know? Yeah, for sure, exactly. It's like, God damn. I, don't, I just can't People do People are just like, you know, have like 18% Italian in them. They're like, yeah, tonight we're going to have a spaghetti. Like, they just get around yeah. that one yeah. word. Yeah, can I get a, with my espresso, can I get a biscotti? <laughs> just yeah, that. Biscotti. <laughs> yeah, just, there's sure. an I on the end. It's more <laughs> Italian to say it with the way it's written. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the the terms anymore. But I, I kind of want to just like he's he's been painted in a certain way, and I don't think it's unfair that he's been painted in this way, like by a lot of like uh like like anybody who's ever written about him, um because he does a lot and says <laughs> a lot of ever talked about him. Yeah, but yeah. he does and says a lot of stupid shit all the time. Perfect. Okay, cool. But I want to like talk about afterwards how his movies have affected all of us because it's interesting that this guy said those things because I, for me personally, I can't, despite all this, I can't separate the actual like artistic merit of his, of all of his movies. I don't dislike any of his movies. I haven't seen love, which is the one where he, it's just people fucking for like two hours in 3d, but uh, oh. I do release it in 3d. Yeah, um, and like there's a jizz. I think yeah, they jizz at you and like, jizz at you. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen I've seen, seen that before. <laughs> I've seen I've seen three. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> new for David. Yeah, I've seen three of his movies in theaters, and in, in all of them, somebody's gotten up and and no, in two of them, somebody's gotten a, gotten up and addressed the theater for continuing to watch the movie. Really? Like not just left, but gotten up to address everybody in the theater. Like, what is wrong with you? Or like, this is the reason why. Bleh. All of them were at the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, like Lightbox Theater. So it's like, yeah. it's like, it's a sort of attracts more of a pretentious crowd. But it's sort of God. like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, did you come here just to do that? Yeah, yeah that they is did. a. They yeah. did. That's an unreal level yeah. of pretension. Yeah, it, it happened twice in climax. That's fucked, man. Like, throw, throw popcorn at that person. One person just got up and just screamed like "fuck" or something. 
<laughs> that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And that one's like the most chill of all of them, I think. Yeah, it's the, yeah. Placating the people sitting that still, yeah. that's wild. Okay, that's so sure. wild. Let's get into these. Uh, Enfant terrible. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, I, I got you. really do I appreciate it. I knew. Um, okay, so one of the, one of the more tame Sorry, ones. What's the segment called, Danny? I can't, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. commit, bud. Bad kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, um, yeah, as a camera operator on Irreversible, uh, Gaspar Noir, well, so yeah, he was a camera operator for that movie. He like It's like a really, if you haven't seen it, like there's a lot of like weaving in and out and crazy uh, camera effects and just... And it looks like it never cuts. Yeah, and it's yeah. designed to make you feel nauseated. Like mm -hmm. it's supposed to make you feel disoriented and that's combined with uh, uh, a low frequency noise that is intended to cause a sense of agitation and anxiety in the viewer and often uh, causes people to feel nauseous and sometimes vomit. Uh, which is why a lot of people vomited. Like, like that's how he kind of has like people will say like people were vomiting at like fucking Enter the Void or like whatever this and that. But that's like that's irreversible. He didn't. The rest of the movies don't have that effect. I don't think. Um, so they're all fucking liars. Uh, but he was a camera operator uh, for the shoot, and on a particularly long shoot, like scene. Uh, he was getting really tired as the middle of the night and then he noticed like one of the grip kids was just like doing coke and he was just like give me some of that coke and he just did a bunch of coke and finished the, sh the scene and then he said that uh, he's I don't want to seem like a cokehead or anything I don't normally do this stuff but you know I just whatever the point is that he decided to tell like a major news publication about it <laughs> like in like the press run for his own movie yeah. Like, it's so much like the guy from the basis from Sum 41 talking about, like, we were wasted the whole time. <laughs> it's just like, dude, dude, it's so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're a grown man. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's one of, that's, there's one. Um, and he was, like, you know, in an article, I read an article in, like, The Guardian this morning about how uh, he feels upset that not enough people walked out of Climax. Oh. The quote was, uh, six people walk out? No, I usually have 25%, no less. Yeah. Unless he's being funny, yeah, then that sucks. Be. Like, I think yeah. that it's like, maybe, but then... Oh, I'm losing my touch. <laughs> High fives. Like, <laughs> yeah. that okay. would be fine. Well, let me keep yeah. going. It's so keep going. I got another one. Uh, so... During the he he showed the uh, the gay BDSM nightclub scene at, at the beginning of Irreversible mm -hmm. to Dario Argento, nice. And Dario was like, "You're gonna get eaten alive for this." Like I one one time I had a gay character in one of my movies. Everybody ripped me apart for using it. They said, "You can't speak for the community. You don't understand it. You haven't lived that experience." And he said, "Look what happened to William Friedkin," which I I don't know what happened to William Friedkin. Me neither. I like to look mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. But he said, "Look what happened to William Friedkin." You know, you don't want to end up like him. Um, and so to sort of counteract the 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 potential of coming across as homophobic or or to more seeming he's what he's what he's saying is he's in an attempt to insulate himself from any backlash backlash or criticism what he did was he shot a he made people shoot he made the crew, the crew shoot him masturbating like actually like he took his pants off and just masturbated in front of everybody on camera and they put it in the scene and he said there you go now that you've seen me in the club the fact that I would be there masturbating means that of course I'm not homophobic. <laughs> That's nice. crazy. It's man. one yeah. of the most homophobic things I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like fundamentally so stupid. 
It's wild. It's just way off. It's just like a fundamental misunderstanding of like, look, I'm not afraid of you. Look, I'll show that by masturbating in a room and then editing myself into the scene where there are fake gay people. <laughs> it's so crazy. That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a wild thing to do. It's a wild thing to do. That's just, not, yeah, I don't like, know how to read that one Yeah, either. it's like a crazy, that's just a wild fucked up logic. Yeah. Yep. That's a whole new boundary. Yeah. Do you think he's like, he, but in his mind, he's he's saying to himself, no, like, this totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, but then Guys, also, I'm masturbating to the thought of dudes. Also, this isn't, this isn't <laughs> something I read. Like, this is a thing that he told the reporter. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. do we... Yeah. Yeah, he believed that, is what I'm saying. It's like, well, he, I don't, he the believed thing is, that. Like, is, he, is he just... We'll get into this because I want to. I want to nail this down at the end of this segment. Okay. But I just I want to try to wrap my head around who this guy is in relation to his work. Okay. In a sense, um, uh, one of the things that he did. Uh, so he was having a really hard time for for Carne. Uh, he really wanted to gain access to the slaughterhouse. Like he thought that that was like an integral part of the scene. Like he had a vision for it. He needed that. That he really wanted the sl- the the horse being slaughtered leading into the butcher eating a piece of unbelievably raw horse meat. Uh, and so he was trying to find a way to get in there. And uh, there had been, like, I guess, like, um, because of some of the documentaries that, like, I guess you guys are talking about that had come out mm-hmm. uh, at that point already, a lot of slaughterhouses had, like, had, like, a public, uh, like, a sort of unspoken publication ban. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't sell any of, they wouldn't sell the industry up the river by allowing anybody to film in their, in, in any slaughterhouse for any reason, period. That was just kind of like a pol- like an unspoken policy for slaughterhouses. So he was having a really hard time. He called over and over and over again. And then he had a strike of genius. He decided to use an 18-year-old female intern to call one of the slaughterhouses he had already talked to and basically try to have her grease the wheels a little bit. All right. And then he showed up without her. Which is to his credit. Yeah, that rules. Yeah, <laughs> I do like sure. that. Yeah, that's and then he was so like, funny. Actually. And then told the owners of the slaughterhouse over and over again, "She's coming. She's coming." That's yeah. That's I'm sick. okay with that one. Yeah, I like that's that. That's super one. funny. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, some bad boy pranks are fun. Some are not so fun. <laughs> For sure. You know, bad boy pranks. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that one. Yeah. I think I'm okay with that one. Yeah. And then the last one was he. He had called, like, like dozens of birthing clinics to try to find a woman who would allow him to shoot their their live birth no kidding and then he finally just lucked out this one's not even that bad but it's it's more just the calling over and over yeah and just asking people yeah i'm making a movie <laughs> i've done a lot of psychedelic drugs i know how it's gonna feel can i shoot your live birth oh my god <laughs> uh no That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. i might no. have cocaine for the shoot <laughs> Yeah. Only if it goes long. Yeah, yeah. the grip Make will be the there short. Will I don't want you to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to think that this is a thing I do regularly. Only when I'm at work. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and then so finally he had a, a midwife who was like, "Yeah, I fucking deliver babies every fucking day. I don't care. You can totally film me having a baby every, every day. day. Fucking, this every is what I do. Day this is what this. I do, baby." But then he said that he stayed up for five nights with no sleep, drinking coffee, so he didn't miss the call, which is dope. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, it's just like the labor window. He just yeah. stayed awake the whole time. That's so wild. I love it. <laughs> Why yeah, wouldn't you like, just go to bed? Is that like, yeah. Like, was you worried that at? he would just, like, I don't know. 
He also was. He, told he probably had one of those phones that goes. Those, those all shit like that he, the these one. are all things that he told to a reporter. Right. Yeah. You know. I stay awake. And yeah. we. Uh, so <laughs> my question here is: Do we give this more credence than we would? Um, like Palumbo, Palumbo, who's stoking the fire to or his Valentine, myth, his, his mythology. Let's, let's dig into it a little bit. Do you okay. think that he's stoking his own myth? Do you think that he's playing into a stereotype that he thinks <laughs> that is, sounded like is... the ding of like, yes, we do think that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is he stoking his own myth? Bing! My yeah. toaster strudels are done. <laughs> let's pause it. Um, no, he, I think that it's like, maybe it's that, mm-hmm. but it could also be him like playing into the stereotype. Maybe like I think he genuinely thinks that this is how art should be. Yeah. And that he thinks it's ridiculous that people are giving a, him a hard time for showing horses being slaughtered in live births and, and incest in his movies. Or maybe he's just a fucking little shit and he just likes the attention. I think yeah. both are fine. I yeah. got no problem with either one. I don't yeah. know if I, but so the thing is, and this is a tough thing to do, and I think that we might be getting into this a little bit later, you know, but it's like, it's when you say, is it, how do you, how do you look at the artist who's doing this and see that guy and then take certain things seriously? Because there's a lot of like textural stuff in his movies. Like there's no way to look at them and just say, these are just for shock value. Yeah. There's too many ideas in them. There's too much. It connects to, on too deep a level. And I truly believe that I haven't, none of his movies, have not connected with me on some level. Mm-hmm. Some of them much less than others, for sure. But the ones like that really connect connect with me like very deeply. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that are I don't like all that much, at least like have an, an element to like human curiosity mm-hmm. to them. That's what I was gonna say. Like we all have tons of sides, yeah. right? That like I think they can coexist in the same person, and he can make a good point and make a political point and whatever, and makes one person laugh mm-hmm. and somebody else outraged and yell at the crowd because they're so angry they'd stick around. Yeah. Like, I think being, like you said, being a, is he just being a shit or is he like doing this on purpose? Is he stoking his myth? Like all of that could be true. Yeah. And that's dope. Like that's, I think what's fun about this kind of art. But that's the thing. Is like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. His stuff is weird because he was never like his, like, like with Carne, which is like his first sort of like medium length film, immediately submitted to Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like he was like, let's try to get this into like this circuit. Like he's not a fan of horror movies mm-hmm. or like splatter movies or gore movies. Right. He's a fan of like. I could see him being f- considering himself. This is all conjecture, but yeah, I think yeah. I could see him considering himself as an artist first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that would be divorced from having to feel like you need to stoke your own flame. Yeah. Or stoke your own myth, sorry. Like, I think you could want to to be cons- to be regarded as so highly that you will feed into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you don't take a break from being that guy. But it's like, if, if so if you're, because it, it, it comes across to me as performance art, if that's the case. Like, it's like, if you are an artist who takes yourself seriously, why would you want to be perceived that way? Right. Like some of it is just so like the like the jerking off on camera. Yeah. It's just like, dude, that's like you sound so dumb. Like it's not it's like there's no way to look at that to be like that makes him look like a consummate artist. It makes him look like a fucking idiot. 
Yeah, but like maybe to him though. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe to, like yeah. you, without asking him, you don't, you don't know, right? No, I know. But that's what I'm. That's what that's what I guess. Kind of like what I'm trying to get into. So like when you look at all of these things and like look at some of the way, like like the the type of mind that would say these things to a reporter or do certain things, it's like some of it comes across as like yeah, this is like an obsessive artist, and then some of it comes across as like a fucking like a fart joke guy that's so stoked that he's on MTV for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, like, hard to tell with him. Yeah. This is also the first director, though, that you've, like, loved. It's true. After uh, getting mind-bucked, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. but, like, you didn't know him going in. So, like, this no. guy you were interested in as a guy, yeah. that's never happened before. So, like, or Pappy's like figure, question... like a figure. Right. Yeah. And, like, your question is totally legit to be, like... Well, I, Would we lend this credibility to anyone else, or is it like just well, so, to this one guy who's supposed to be an artist instead of a director? Yeah, and, and the reason why I would lend more credibility to him is because he like his art comes across far stronger, that, that's, far stronger that's than, what it is than a Palumbo. I don't love him. Yeah, I don't think I think I've maybe seen one actual interview, like watched a video of him talking like one time, and there's not very much to know about him. Yeah, like I knew that he was from Argentina, and I knew that he's rooted in France mm-hmm. and I know certain production facts about his movies, but I don't know anything about him or his like yeah, political so I, leanings or his, right. like, I don't know anything about him as a man. I just really fucking like his art. Right. And, and so what it comes to me is like, I'm familiar with him as an art or the, or the work that he's done. And so when I read this stuff, it's like, I, I'm, I, it's almost like I'm reading about Palumbo and I'm kind of like, like, what am I seeing? Am yeah. I reading too much into something or am I, yeah, it's like, the, do, you do, think you, that do you divorce the artist from the art? Well, yeah. Yeah, or are they pulling back the veil and this guy's like, could be could be a shit? And that's that's problematic? Is that what you mean? Well, it's not even that pulling back the veil because he's doing it himself. It's like, this is, these are things that he's saying to somebody with the intention of having them written down and put on a newspaper because either he thinks it's funny, he mm-hmm. thinks it's good for publicity, or because he's playing a character, or he's playing into a character that he's already been painted as. I still think there's the option that he legitimately thinks that way. Yeah. Like, yeah, you maybe, could like, be nuts. Uh, Man, he I might have had you some could... crazy psychedelic drugs yeah. that day yeah. that like, he was yeah. doing the interview, and he's like, yo, yeah. I was just masturbating because. Hey. That's how you make people feel at ease. Yeah. And it's truly like his first, <laughs> I think, like his. Like, <laughs> He started making, yeah, started to take the edge Is off. That how you just make people comfortable. Oh, sorry. I don't want you to think I'm a man full of hatred. Yeah. Let me take the edge off. Yeah. Let me. <laughs> Let me go so far as to show you. Just put you at ease. I can show you why you're good. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, just just put the camera on me. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So that's that's just where I wanted to go with this. I just okay. kind of thought like it, it was interesting to talk about. Like for me, I just struggle with like it's like we've talked in the past of, uh, before about like and and I will revert back to that later on but just for the ex- the purpose of this exercise of the podcast I was kind of excited to learn things about this guy and then I was like this is it yeah <laughs> this yep. is what he is and does yeah that was I felt like way worse doing the slaughtered vomit dolls because I was like this movie surprised me. It felt a bit more artsy than I expected from like the cast and the crew and whatever. And then started reading about the guy and was like, fuck this. Like yeah. made yeah. me angry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm glad it's not to that level. Cause this guy does seem like a legitimate artist and it, this, yeah. Yeah. What you're saying isn't tearing all of it away from us. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that you can really like, you could really put in a question that he's an artist. I, I just think it's to what, to what to what degree is to what is the authentic authenticity of his persona in terms of 
yeah, am I am I just gonna say these things to like to stoke the flame or to build up the mythology? Yeah. Or am I am I like that stereotypically weird fucking art school kid artist who does wild shit because I think it makes me more of an artist. Yeah. Authentically to myself. Yeah. There was, uh, the, yeah. That's true. That, the, that, the kid at OCAD that puked on all the paintings. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Went, went to museums and would just puke on paintings. And yeah. Like, yeah. that was his art. You're like, if you read that or whatever, there are absolutely people out there that are like clapping for that dude. Or like, that yeah. is, yeah. That's amazing. It's and then other the, people being yeah. like, what an asshat. This guy's it's that velvet yeah. buzzsaw movie. Yeah. Like those yeah. people. Those type they're they're playing they're hyperbolizing and playing on a on a set or a type of people or person that fully exists yeah. in that artistic world. Yeah. And he could absolutely think he is being an artist by doing these things. And it's like, you know, I'm such an artist that I can't possibly see why you wouldn't see why I do this. Yeah. Well, so I think that yep. what I was feeling like like one like was that he was almost like I'm trying to undress the pretension of like you know he's like he's like one of those guys that's like never not going to make a movie and then submit it to the Cannes Film Festival he does it every fucking time yeah, he puts out a movie sure. but he knows he's not going to fucking win the Palme d'Or he might be nominated for something or he might win like a fucking like you know jury favorite or like a like a People's Choice or whatever but he's never going to win the one that the reason that you enter the fucking festival yeah and. I think that it's like almost like he's enamored by like the intelligentsia around art, but he's also aware of how bullshit it is. And maybe he's trying to like demonstrate that with his public persona or the way that he's been painted in the media by like playing into it. And then it's sort of maybe not really hitting in the way that mm -hmm. it could. Mm -hmm. Cause it's sort of like those people control the art media. <laughs> yeah. So the burning question to me is, have you reached out to him for an interview? Oh my God. Gaspar? Yeah. Gaspar? Who? Gaspar? Well, I think season... I think he's going to be a total wild card. Hey, season one, Danny would have. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm... we got to bring what, Joe on if we're going to do that. Question. And if you, and you guys bring up the octagon, <laughs> just don't bring it up. We'll talk about it later on. But, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I, I, that's coming in the take backs, Joe. So yeah. I hope yeah. you're still listening and you're not training already. <laughs> training. Um, you haven't left to go fuck, train. i got to fight all three of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I might have Pappy. Yeah. I think, yeah. Um, but I think this is a good place to jump into what you were going to talk about. Sure. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, um, he's not a guy that separates himself from his art. Okay. So, um, for, for my portion of it, last week we left off with the idea of possibly doing like that Robespierre dude. Yep. Uh, the fourth wall. Yep. And, uh, I landed on the fourth wall. The reason why I didn't do the Robespierre dude is because... We've done that. I feel like we've done that kind of exercise in the past. Like we did, like we looked at the enlightenment and all that, that good stuff and try to do one-to-one -one comparisons to different, you know, characters or themes or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I, I thought this would be a good opportunity to, to think about instead of, you know, going off a historical figure, it's kind of just presenting like a, con like an artistic convention and seeing how it, uh, may or may not play out in the, in the film. So basically what I have is a very short, very short, uh, like sketch on what the fourth wall is and then breaking the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. And then I just have a bunch of questions. So I don't have a, like I didn't come with a particular reading of the, the film. Cool. Uh, and then get you guys to like tease it or complicate it or confirm it in parts or deny it in others. It's more, uh, kind of just doing a reading on the fourth wall and seeing how it could apply or may not apply to the, to the film. Mm-hmm. 
So I have a bunch of questions and uh, a little little lead up. So uh, the lead up basically is just you know a basic breakdown of the fourth wall. So uh, it comes from theater, obviously. This is no shock to any of us. I'm sure even the majority of lis- listeners out there. But it just for the the bare bones fundamental uh, summary of it. It's um, a set built around a set and a play yeah. that is typically set indoors and it's got uh, three walls, right? So you have your stage left, stage right, and then your back, back curtain, your back curtain, and then you have your stage. So it's that stage that makes the fourth wall. So it's that invisible wall, I'm using air quotes here, uh, that separates the actors and the action from the audience. And so actors obviously ignore the presence of the audience because there's that invisible wall there and they continue the action of the play as though no one's there at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no audience there. Yeah. They're hidden behind this fourth wall. So what's important or if not, maybe not important, but what I find really interesting and something that we'll bring up or I'll bring up in a second is one of the reasons why this happens is the fourth wall is a barrier that keeps and maintains the fiction of the play. Yes. Yeah. Right? Which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's, uh, one, an important part of the, f- of the fourth wall, and, and two, something that's really, really interesting and something that we can interrogate. Uh, so the term itself originates from a dude, uh, Denny Diderot, who... Right, let me throw you a question. At what, what, if you had to guess when the term, the fourth wall, was created, what year or like what decade would you put it in? I would say, like, recent. I'm going to say 1410. Whoa, I love that. <laughs> it's the 1700s. Whoa! I was going to say 1960s. Yeah, no, yeah, it's from the 1700s. So I, I thought only because you referenced plays. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going 60s or 70s. But yeah, yeah I, I, I would have put it 60s, 70s for sure. I, like I was imagining, like, some, like, turtleneck-wearing beatnik just being, like, just pointing at some guy in the audience, and then all of his buddies being like... Oh my God! <laughs> just, like, yeah, you can't for sure. do that. Yeah. What uh, did he, I just did? <laughs> yeah, so he's a he's an 18th century philosopher. Yeah, um, he was a contributor to the French Encyclopedia, and he was just to keep this theme going a main figure of the Enlightenment. So mm. it's like almost four for four. Yeah, yeah, man. We even had Enlightenment thinking going on. That's what these movies are really about. The Enlightenment, yeah. Mm-hmm. Higher logical individualism. Yeah. This one actually was about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last, my last introductory bit is that uh, the fourth wall was established as a convention of modern realistic theater. So I also find that interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's built around realism, like the theater of, of realism. Yep. Um, it also might be a way to start thinking about the idea of maintaining the fiction of the play because, or the art, uh, or the text, because that maintains the reality that they're trying to present. But again, we'll, uh, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a good segue into my first question. So before getting into the idea of breaking the fourth wall, yeah. uh, I want, let's question why artists would want to maintain the wall and maintain the fiction of their texts so why would you want to why why acknowledge a a fourth wall and then decide not to break it to maintain it what does a fourth wall do it enables you like it it affords you like creative freedom to not have your 
work be compared to reality or to the lives of the people in the audience? Yeah. So it's like you can do anything as long as that wall exists because that is what allows the audience to suspend their disbelief and understand it to be not true. Yeah. And appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. I think there's like a something really big in the idea of suspending your disbelief, right? Because yeah. the the whole point of a movie or a play or a book or anything, a music video, mm-hmm. is to get you to, to suspend that disbelief and to get you to mentally engage with and buy into and disappear from anything outside of that fourth mm-hmm. wall. So once you get into it, it's like mm-hmm. you, you as a viewer, in a sense, have to break through that fourth wall and, and stay within the contained space of, mm-hmm. of the fiction thing that you're choosing to, to, re- to represent. And we've banged on movies that we're, we're, we keep them at arm's length, arm's length because they're not realistic and they're not engaging and they're not, um, like we don't identify with them. Yep. Yeah. Any other takes on that? I, mean, I think that kind of says it all to me. Yeah. It's like the, it, to me, it's like looking at a fishbowl or something like yeah. there's an entire world that you're supposed to see all at once. Like yeah. whether it's just a room or whatever it's supposed to be on stage, it's yeah. like, you're supposed to see everything. Yeah. Nothing exists unless they tell you mm-hmm. outside of that room. So that's it. Yeah. And like, that's what you're to understand. You're not a part of that room. You are watching that room or yeah. that place yeah it's almost an agreement between the audience and like what the creator or whatever to uh like you are allowing that person as the audience member to create something outside of reality uh for your own purpose of escapism and in in exchange they're creating something for you to escape into yeah and when you remove i guess or when you violate that contract it sort of disrupts that 100% feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, I'm thinking like operas and things uh-huh. like that where there's the point of them, any tragedy, I guess, the point of it is to affect the viewer. Yeah. You go to them to be destroyed emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in believing that everything that's happening is true, you and you enable yourself to be destroyed. If yeah. you yeah. don't, then you can't be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Total waste of time. Yeah. It's like a, it's the way you get it out without actually having to feel those feelings. Yeah. Right. Like you don't have to go through the trauma that's being depicted, but if you buy into it, you get the release of weeping or, yeah. you know, whatever. And you get to cheer at the end of it. Yeah. We've, we've talked about this before when you, uh, like when I used to write super sad songs and people were like, you don't seem like a super sad guy. And I was like, well, when I'm super happy, I don't feel like, playing my guitar by myself and like mm. doing whatever, but yeah. I'm a sad dude. I just want to like close all the doors, yeah. do my thing. And then you make it something good mm-hmm. and then you get to enjoy your sadness after. Yeah. So like, I think, yeah, keeping the fourth wall intact is like letting everybody feel what you're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that uh, ties back to the idea of like why it's a convention of realism. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. the whole point is to, present something that is real. That's the challenge of, of fictional works, right? Is yeah. that in some ways, unless, unless you're like Danny and you're a huge sci-fi guy, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. But even, <laughs> but even at that point, it's like they mirror, sci-fi mirrors reality in ways, right? Like you can't complete, like you can construct other worlds, but those worlds are 
even like David's a huge fantasy guy, and uh, <laughs> those worlds, yeah. uh, those worlds mirror yeah. um, Earth and reality, right? Yeah, but they can't be so far yeah. away from it that you, you can't, can't even understand what's exactly. going on. Yeah, there has to be like cables to yeah. reality. Yeah. So if you could imagine at a, at a a certain a certain view or a certain point in time where it's like I'm not gonna, and we've kind of been in that boat as well, where it's like. I cannot relate to this. This doesn't seem real to me. Um, uh, breaking her will, f- for instance, yeah. one of the big problems with it was it, we just couldn't couldn't connect with it because it was so far removed from reality. And the artifice of the film was betrayed because it was just like these shitty actors and these shitty sets and this awful music and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Whereas if you are able to create a world that is real and yeah. believable, as soon as you interrupt that or, or disrupt it as you were saying danny it's you threaten to lose the viewer by re- by revealing that this none of this is real and it's like kind of questioning why am i even watching it yeah mm-hmm. that could be a that could be problematic yeah well it's funny that you say that too because there's also like another interesting thing that happens with that where it's like like the people will afford a creator to do something that isn't real if they believe that to be their intent. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Mm-hmm. That guy's movies are all, they're always really, weird. like, like at least like uh, like The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm-hmm. Like, they're delivered so straight or and so, like, flatly. And they're, like, the least, like, you've never seen anyone talk like that. But you know that they're, it's not an accident and they're not pr- bad performances because he's a lucky guy and got fucking Colin Farrell two times in a row to fucking, you know that guy can act better than that. So you're mm. kind of like, oh, this must be intentional. And then you start to like try to understand the purpose of it. But with um, with breaking her will, we were sort of like, well, we, we knew it wasn't intentional. We like yeah. There was no beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that's why we got mind bucked because it sat right on the line where at that time we didn't believe that these movies could have that level of like artistic merit and that level of control over, um, you know, we were like, like, why would they like we just, you know, it, we were at risk of believing it to be bad acting for a moment. And then we were like, wait a minute, there's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like an interesting kind of like parallel where it's like it's like if it's intentional then it doesn't have to be realistic it, it, because mm-hmm. then it, then it's it's speaking to like a, a reality that's happening off screen do yeah. we do we touch on serbian film here or do we carry on will that tie in better later we can touch on we can touch on it well, i was just gonna say because when like that is that film is about making a film yeah yeah so the whole film you're watching is outside the fourth wall of the film they're making yeah. yeah. So like the, I think that's neat. Yeah. I think oh, that's it's, a, it's super fucking yeah, neat. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that one scene when you first see him being filmed that it's as soon as the, he steps forward, you oh, see yeah. that there's yeah, another yeah. guy behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time you see a camera. It's like, that's when the fourth wall comes down. Yeah. yeah. That's cool as shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting, but it's uh, using it in a different way. Right. Because in that one, yeah. I guess there's seven walls. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's four yeah, well, for their movie, but three for ours. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good bridge into the, the, this next point here. This another short little intro piece. Um, so uh, we've talked about the fourth wall, the uh, the convention of now breaking the fourth wall. So again, I don't, this kind of goes without saying, but just to to do due diligence on this, breaking the fourth wall occurs when uh, the traditional convention of maintaining that reality is violated in some kind of way. 
So typically it occurs when someone within the fictional text, you know, references the audience or the text or its own fictionality, like speaks to the fact that this is fake or this is a fictional Mm -hmm. uh, text. Um, Alistair Gray, I think his name is, I I read a book for when I was in school called uh, Lanark. That one has like one of the early moments in postmodern uh, liter- literature where in the middle of the book the the, the narrator just outright starts talking to to you the reader yeah and and commenting on the own its its own fictionality yeah so it doesn't have to be that but it's just in some way it, it breaks down that wall mm-hmm. and reveals its fiction to us yeah right but it has to do so in a conscious way so it can't be like uh you know to say that breaking her and not not saying that we are but to be mm-hmm. clear Breaking her will is not breaking the fourth wall. No, 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 no. It just sucks. Yes. Yeah. But with David, you're talking about with um, uh, Serbian Serbian film film is uh, what the fourth wall is breaking the fourth wall is closely tied to, which is just meta fiction or meta cinema or meta meta theaters, which is what breaking the fourth wall comes out of. And that's simply cinema theater literature art that is aware of itself as art yeah so um that's like i would put that in the camp of uh of like meta cinema more than the fourth wall because as you're saying there's so many walls in there yeah but just by revealing those cameras behind it as you're saying in serbian film behind milos and stuff Mm -hmm. you automatically are like oh now i'm i'm watching a movie about a movie yeah 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 but see it's funny that like that it seems like that, like all, like all modern art that's really aspiring to something in the last like ten years, is using that, like that metafiction idea to sort of subvert the the fourth wall, where it's like you're not breaking it, you're not addressing the audience, but you are allowing the audience to know that you are that the the piece is self aware, so that they start thinking about why it's self aware. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. for example, like it's it's like. Uh, if you're doing a movie about a war, but the war, but it has nothing to do with the war. It has to do with like, I don't know. This is, like, I, I can't think of a good example, but do you, do you, do you kind of understand what I mean? Where it's like, it's, you're supposed to be drawing parallels between so, like something that's happening, not at all on the screen. And it's like the, what is happening on the screen is a microcosm or directly related to that. And you are only aware of that because you can tell that the, the, the film it, it's being created in a strange way. I do know what you're talking about. Like, I know yeah. something along the, the lines the of The like a, a, a pretty good example of that. Yeah. Like well, they, they never directly talk about how those like how those the 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 social structure in that movie relates to uh, like our world. Yeah. But because it's such a fucking weird movie and because you know that it's aware that it's weird, you yeah. start thinking about why would why would somebody make this movie? Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about how it relates to us. And so you're not breaking the fourth wall by saying like Hey, like, isn't everything fucking crazy? Like, like this, like somebody on the screen addressing you, or like some like text on a screen. Mm-hmm. But you are aware of it because why would somebody make this? It's mm-hmm. not just to be weird; it has to have a purpose. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, it's like a a, a milder version of it is. I think we've talked about this together, not on the podcast, but just maybe in passing. Dalton Trumbo's Johnny Got His Gun. Yeah. So that's. For anyone who out there, you know the Metallica's one video. Yep. That's the I'm pretty sure the movie yeah. version of Dalton or of uh, Johnny Got His Gun, but that book is a book about World War One. But it was written by Dalton Trumbo during Vietnam or shortly thereafter Vietnam, and it's actually a Vietnam protest novel, not a World War One. 
And that's using a, that. That's a yeah. perfect example. Yeah. That is a good example. Yeah. 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 But it's like, do you, like, you understand what I mean? Where it's like almost everything does that now. It's like the story that you're watching isn't what the movie is about ever anymore. It's almost like it's always about something that's not on the screen. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. such a common fucking thing. Well, and that's the way ads are. Yeah. Like, I think we've, we've become so advanced in being able to, uh, to see these things immediately yeah. where we're like, yeah, you're not tricking me, not fooling me. Yeah. We have to keep thinking of like another layer and another layer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but ultimately what I was saying that what's interesting about like that comparison between breaking her will and, uh, and, um, cutting, cutting moments is that because we're aware of the fact that the piece isn't self-aware or we're assuming that we don't look into anything. So there's nothing to see But yeah. with breaking or with cutting moments we start to realize like, okay, well there's like, this is all delivered in a really weird way. This is like very like not in line with our reality. And that seems intentional. And because we are sensing intent, we start looking for meaning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, for, for guys or people like us, uh, when, yeah, when you can sniff out and again, it's, it's like intention for sure, but substance, where yeah. you, where you're, where you're, where you know that there's something lies beneath that surface of what we're watching, and that that there might be like a web of shit that's connected to what's going on, and now we have to take these these strands and kind of weave together, you know, a way out of this movie. Yeah, uh, that's super uh, exciting for me. Yep, yep. but yeah. that's, that's like Naked Lunch. Yeah, or like anything like that. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. But you know, but yet- I got to tie it in. Yeah. yeah. There has to be a reason. It's one of the reasons why, I mean, we're going off, off book here by talking about books, but we've all read House of Leaves. Yeah. That's why House it's- of Leaves is so fucking good. Yep. Is because it plays on that paranoia of like, you become a paranoid reader at that point in time when you start looking for meaning in everything. Yeah. And that's why the red herring is such a good device because it's this thing that signifies meaning, but has no, you can't tie it to anything. Yeah. So that's why those types of, the, those types of texts, whether it be a book or a film are so exciting is because, you know, it kind of forces you to pick and choose. And this is what we were doing in season one was pick and choose elements of, of a really complicated movie, like, um, cutting moments and create a pathway out of it. And you have to pick and choose at certain points where, whether you're not going to try and tie everything into the movie yeah. because you can't. Maybe you could start with like three different ways out and kind of choose your own adventure out of there, yeah. but it'd be impossible to tie all those pieces together, mm-hmm. which I think is exciting. Yeah, we've, we've done this. It's funny because it's like, it's like even in the way that we talk about certain things, like when we know there's no meaning, we mm. joke about there being a meaning. We like, we like, we like plaster meaning yeah. on to fucking Imagine, breaking her will. It's about yeah. the panopticon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Imagine they were getting at this. Yeah. 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 We'll see the, what's interesting there is before returning to, to uh, the fourth wall, breaking the fourth wall is... You, it no longer what we did in Panoptic with the Panopticon, like you, we started out by saying let's make sense of breaking her will through the Panopticon. Yeah. But what we did is we made sense of the Panopticon through breaking her will. Yeah. But it, it did exist in the movie. Yeah. It just wasn't intentional. It wasn't yeah. like he wasn't like thinking about the Panopticon. He was literally just through like basic experience he's like well my mom used to say i'm always watching you so don't take a cookie so i never took any cookies (laughs) maybe the guy says the girl that there's cameras every you know what i mean it's just (laughs) kind of like you can see how like like it's like it's like people accidentally have meaning in their you can always find meaning in something even if it's an accident yeah because it's really hard to make something completely devoid of meaning unless you're trying to yeah Uh, and if you're trying to there's the meaning Mm -hmm. yeah what a problem yeah man 
I was trying to remember, what is the Nabokov book that we were both going to buy at the same time and then... Pale Fire? No. Um, More recently. Because... Despair? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, in that one, he... The the guy that's crazy. Yeah. He he addresses the reader in, like, every single paragraph. Yeah. He's always like, yeah. and my dear reader, can you imagine this man yeah. took me for a fool? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah. In in things like that, because yeah. it's like, oh, it's so effective. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going crazy with this crazy character. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect segue into my, my next question. So <laughs> Killing it. Yeah. Uh, so before yeah. getting into the film proper, which we are a hair away from, uh, think more generally. So why would an artist want to break the fourth wall? So we talked about, like, why would you want to maintain it? What's the merit of breaking it? Talking about books makes this way easier. Okay. Um, just because of you mentioning House of Leaves and now saying about despair. Yeah. Uh, both of those, as you said, with House of Leaves, like, drags you in and makes you feel the way the story sounds. Yeah. It's like the in House of Leaves, the the inside of the house changes shape mm-hmm. and distance by, like, miles and miles and days and days and, like, the outside never changes. Yeah. And... Just for listeners, if you've not seen the book, go get it. It's fucking unreal. Yeah, it's pretty but wild. But the writing will go in circles. There'll be one word on a page. There'll be yeah. like backwards words the whole time, except one will be forward, and that's the only one you're supposed to read. Yeah. And it's like 500 pages, like yeah. big phone book style pages. And like, yeah, it makes you feel insane. I was I was reading it on the subway, and I was like, there are pages that are written in a circle. Yeah. And you're just like turning the book in a circle yeah. with people looking at you and... Like, yeah, I am the character in the book. Yeah. It just pulls you in. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I like I feel like uh the the reason to do something like that is ultimately to just sort of like yeah, it's like you were saying before, it's to signal something to uh-huh. the reader. Like at the the very bare minimum it doesn't it, it like the, the what it, what you're signaling to can change but it's ultimately that it's supposed to disrupt the process of reading it and to alert you to a new idea mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. And that's sort of like, that can be done very cheaply where it's like, you're just trying to use that cheap tactic to make people feel like what they're watching is more important than it is. Mm-hmm. Or it can be, or reading like what, or whatever it could be like anything, or it can be like with house of leaves where it's like a deeper thing where it's like, it's intended to, alert you to the idea that like, Hey, like I actually kind of feel the way these characters feel, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. it, it can, yep. it, it can, it, it's just like, I think that it's, it's ultimately to signal something to the reader or the viewer or whatever. Yeah. And then films like Holy Mountain. Yeah. The, yeah. like the whole end. And yeah. then it makes the film make a bit more sense. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. whoa. Yeah. That one I actually think is super effective. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Sure. See my crazy yeah, yeah. Holy Mountain tattoo. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Danny's got a sick Holy Mountain tattoo on his thigh. Yeah, it's two naked bald ladies being blessed by a satanic priest. And yeah. it's also supposed to be shaped like a vagina, and it's close to my crotch. It's <laughs> pretty cool. That was my it idea. It is that pretty cool. That was the tattoo guy's idea. It's very cool. Thanks, <laughs> guys. <laughs> not a, yeah, not as good yeah. as the Colombian tattoo, yeah. but <laughs> we'll, we'll document both tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Find them on the gram. gram. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think one of the merits to breaking the fourth wall, imagine, imagine one of two things. Mm -hmm. So number one, when you think about, um, realism, one of the things that 
whether it's in a book or a, a film or a play, mm-hmm. is that it's supposed to lull you into the fact that this is real and you kind of submit to that and you kind of go with the, anything that's good will kind of not force you, but encourage you to go along with the rhythms and the ebb and flow of what you're reading, right? The highs and the lows, the, 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 the traditional arc to the climax to the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine being at one of the first plays where the fourth wall was broken. Oh yeah. Like where you're just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like yeah. that would have been crazy. Yeah. At the, the first time that someone did that. Yeah. Uh, which would have been really cool. And I'm then imagining a guy drawing a sword and just going after yeah. the performer like, yeah. no, <laughs> like suddenly they get, yeah, they just turn on you. Like that would have been super, super effective. So if you don't see yeah. it coming, it can be something that you're saying that calls your attention to something, but it can also kind of shock you out of, um, uh, out of this fiction, returning you to reality, which then is this weird middle zone between fiction and reality. Hundred mm. percent, yeah. It, it, it almost like it almost it doesn't bring you into the fiction more. It brings the fiction into your reality yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird like sensation. Like, yeah, that's that that's I think why we would agree that Holy Mountain was effective. Yeah, oh, is yeah. that is that they're climbing this thing at the end, climbing the mountain. Yeah. And you're with the struggle yeah. the whole time. And then after the struggle and the man's going to give his big speech. And especially because he calls it Maya, right? Which yeah. is the, I think it's Hindu possibly, or I could be butchering that, but it's uh, like uh, deceptive illusion. Like it's bad. Maya is not a good thing. It's like a trick was being played on you. Yeah. And the trick was the movie. Yeah. And the fact that you're trying to go on this fucking spiritual quest up this mountain. Yeah. But he's like... Go on your own quest. Yeah, zoom back so camera. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just thinking, like, being the other way to read it was the person that's like, like I got this idea, and I'm going to break the fourth. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck some people up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think everything that we're saying is absolutely true, and I also just think it's a, um, a way in which to, yeah, to break you out of that, and uh, as you're saying, kind of push the fiction into your reality. Uh, and, and create this kind of like, if you choose to occupy it, this like w- kind of cool, weird middle ground between yeah. reality and fiction. Has there ever been a horror film that where a character has like pleaded with the audience for help? That's a really cool fucking idea. No, yeah. That's really cool. If that's what we're going to do and what they did with Tyler. No spoilers. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, spoilers. like picturing it, it's yeah. deadly. Yeah. That it, actually... It, if, if it never happened before or after yeah. that in the film, yeah. it's just that one moment, that, that'd be that fucking That making you sick. feel guilt for not being, for not helping. Yeah. yeah. That's something that, that, that I think is the most effective thing about the really particular, the, the famous scene in Irreversible. Yeah. Is that I've, so it's, it's shot from an angle where it's like, it's like a surveillance camera. Yeah. So you feel like you're watching it from a surveillance camera angle, which makes it feel more real or like it's something that's happening. And because there's a, an area of distance and it's not shot from like a normal, it's not a close up shot. It's not a mid shot. It's not shot, shot it's like, like a film. No. Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's, it's like a far away shot. Like it's really not like the, there's not, you can't see the details. Of, you can't see any facial expressions. It's so far away. Like it's really just like, mm-hmm. you're, it's, it feels like you're watching somebody being raped in a subway tunnel and you're standing on the other end and not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so much harder to watch. Yeah. And that's like, it's yeah, like, there's nothing cinematic yeah. about it, which is, it's not, it's like, it's not bringing the fourth wall in any way. It's just bringing you into the fiction more by making you feel helpless. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're helpless as a viewer cause it's nine minutes long Yeah, and you're pre- presumably in a theater Yeah, and you can't fucking, you can either leave, which is what he wanted you to do. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Yeah. 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 Or he, or you can, 
My numbers are bad on this one. Yeah. <laughs> 25% at least, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm a minimum 25% man. Don't make me rush in there and masturbate shake you up. I'll shake you up. Prove to you. Like maybe there were only 24 people, people yeah. there. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's talk about the film then. Yeah. So, nah. Now yeah, we'll just wrap it, it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, Go make your own film. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Zoom back microphone. <laughs> Um, so let's just start off by, uh, identifying some key moments where the fourth wall comes down and I stand alone to open it up. What are some moments where the fourth wall breaks down? I got a list here, but I can only think of one and it's the only one. one. That's the obvious one. Is that the one we start with? Okay. So then the warning. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only one I can think about. Yeah. Yeah, This is the whole thing that prompted this, this conversation is that, that moment. Right. Yeah. So uh, we had the countdown. So I watched, I rewatched uh, parts of it to prep for this, the film that is. So it occurs at around the one hour, nine minute mark. Um, and it completely disrupts the action of the film. So we get just to recap for anyone who maybe didn't listen last week or who has forgotten or hasn't seen the film. Uh, no. How do you pronounce his last name, Danny? Uh, no way. Uh, no way. Yeah, yeah, people say no way. Noir. noir. It depends because yeah. he's from in France. They're going to say noir. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's no way because he's Spanish. Yeah. yeah. No way. Noir. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Gaspar. Um, he gives us a 30 second countdown to leave the theater or in our case, just turn off the film yeah. at this point in time. So with sirens and with sirens flash, like it's like a fucking event. It's like, you better fucking do it. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. And we started talking about this last week, but let's open it up uh, more formally this time to what do you guys think the purpose of the countdown is? So why, why do that as a, as a, as a trick? I think it was, it's similar to a dare Uh where no matter how stupid the dare is, you're so much more likely to do it when someone's like, but I dare you. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. Had you not said that, there's no chance I would have done this. Yeah. So I feel like doing that is making the audience be like, oh, God damn it. I have to stay and watch now, no matter yeah. what is going to happen next. Yeah. yeah. It, it might actually be a buffer to, I know a lot of people in the review section, like tons of people were upset that there wasn't more gore, more anything to the film. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like the warning was maybe a way to get people prepared for that. Yeah. That there isn't more. Yeah. There's also, there's also like, you know, it, it might've been, I didn't like, it was like tough to find anything on like reviews from 1991 from when Carne came out. And uh-huh. also was I stand alone. Cause it wasn't like, by no means was it like the biggest movie at all at that festival. It was just a movie that happened. It wasn't like as much of an event as like irreversible or after the void or any of those ones. But, uh, I, I kind of like had the impression just because he's such a, he's always at the festivals. Like he always goes to me, always enters his shit in cans. He's always like trying to like whatever. And he always does something that somebody talks about. He like, he'll find something to be kind of like in the, in the press about, mm-hmm. about cans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that like possibly it's, it's like, like what I had initially thought. And I think I mentioned this last week was, I think it's like a two part thing. It's like, if you were the type of person who, would be completely upset about something happening, like like happening, like what with what happens after that warning, with like the molestation of his daughter and the murder of his daughter and like the suicide attempt, like whatever, all those things. 
putting that warning there is like a tongue in cheek way of being like, you don't like it here fucking is, but it also disarms you because it's so aggressive that it kind of makes what happens afterwards more palatable to somebody who is not a gore fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like That's to somebody who's just a, like a festival attend- attendee and that for him might serve the purpose of creating a more artistic or, or, or it might be more forgiving for the people who are watching it from like a more artistic like background who are just looking at it as like, like, like a piece of art that aren't interested in seeing gore. It might like, it might like, like cushion the blow a little bit, but it also has like, it's also almost like a signaling thing to the people who are watching it for the gore or who are a fan of his extreme methods who are like, it's making fun of those people at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything that's being said. I think, um, I think, in a way, the fact that something crazy... So it happens at the one... I didn't do the, the count on it. I actually forgot to do it. But So it comes at the 109 mark. But if you had to guess when we actually see the wild shit go down after it, how much time do you think has passed? From the moment that we see the... From the moment that we... the From the moment that the 30 seconds ends yeah. to the first, like, whoa, what the fuck? This is a crazy... This is oh. a crazy moment. Because it doesn't happen right away. No. It's five minutes. Yeah, so yeah you, there's least, a build like up 11 to it. minutes. Yeah. I think it was like super yeah, long. Yeah, it's, it's short. Which I think could make you super aware that you're you're watching this movie and like now you're you're like waiting, bracing, anticipating. It could just be, to be way like to build what the fuck? Yeah. What the That's like, what I where thought. the fuck is it? Like yeah. where is it? when's it coming? Right. He doesn't build any tension leading up to the warning. Yeah. Like he does obviously with the guy being disgruntled the whole film, but like yeah. he could have, like you're saying before any wild shit happens they could have been in the room together already. Yeah. And they could have already been having the conversation that you're like, where is yeah. this going? And then hit you with the warning and you'd be like, fuck, because you're yeah. already tense. Yeah. But he did it the other way. Yeah. It, that kind of like lines up with the rest of the shit that he's done too, right? It's like the crazy shit that happens at Irre- in Irreversible is at the beginning and the middle of the movie. It's not at the end, which is mm-hmm. usually when the crazy shit happens. Like even in like Serbian film and stuff like that and like a more traditional movie structure, that's the craziest stuff happens is saved towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he likes to do things like, like in Carne, um, you know how they like give you like the buildup, like you would assume that the end of that short movie would be when he attempts to murder the guy who he thinks raped his daughter. And it's not, that happens in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like the end of it is him being locked in with like the bar maiden. And there's like a lot of, I would say half the movie is dedicated to that. Huh, right. And it's, it's almost like, so it's like, it's like, the brutality of regular life. This is just a component of the, the violence is just a component of it. It's not the point and it's not the purpose. It is just part of like the, you know, he always gets accused of having like a nihilistic tinge to his movies. It's just like a part of the vacuum of how awful life can be, you know, and how meaningless cool. it all is. Yeah. yeah. Um, since this is a big, a big moment in the film, uh, I want to be real specific and ask you guys, how does it, how does it reflect the fourth wall? Like if you had to be like, all right, here's how, if you had to give a definition of the fourth wall through this movie, how's this a moment of, because we all unanimously, unanimously agreed that this is, this is a moment where that, because it's directly addressing you, right? Mm-hmm. It stops the images and puts something else on the screen that addresses you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the characters don't address you, to yeah. what I recall. I know yeah. you said you have a list, so I'm curious, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about yeah. this, too. Because I, I don't yeah. remember any point where, like, somebody turns to the camera and is like, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I, I could see it happening, like, I know, really me too. under the radar, Same, you know? like Anomaly. It's not that... Yeah. It's not the that, same kind of feel. It's not that explicit, what I got. It's not... Is it no the, turns, uh, so. the gunshot cuts? No. No? No, we'll talk about it, but yeah. I don't want to lose this point. I think what, to me, what makes it... Uh, pretty cool example of the fourth wall is as you're saying it calls your attention but to the thing that the thing what is it calling your attention to it's asking you to make a choice it's asking you to continue watching your viewing experience or to leave yep that's yep. calling its own fictional like fictionality into question it's Being giving like, you a choice yeah it's, you're in the movie you're in a movie yeah if you don't like what you've watched up to this point whether or not this like the tongue-in-cheek thing absolutely could exist but like i'm going i'm treating it straight yeah whether up to this point, if you don't like what you're watching, you might want to get out now. Yeah. Or like if you like the next crazy thing's coming, like if you if you're sticking around, buckle up. Mm -hmm. So it's asking you to it's, it's giving you a choice in terms of your own viewership. Yep. Which I think is super cool. Yeah. But that, yeah, so that, that's that's <laughs> basically it's like the art giving you a chance to like puke on it or not for yeah for you to not for it to not exist for you you know what yeah. i mean it's like it's like you want to get rid of me I, i'll go away you know yeah and it's up to you and yeah. it's like look like you, you know you have a choice in this as mm -hmm. well you, you could get up you you could get up and leave as these people do and they throw their tantrum at other people who decide to stay yeah. like those people choose to get up and leave without this prompt but it's like goes back to the dare right yeah. it's yep. like it's actually calling you out yeah and it, saying stick around and almost like if you stay i warned you like, yeah. Like, don't say I didn't tell you. In, in a weird way, that makes me feel kind of like, like, imagine you were watching that movie and you were the type of person who'd be like, no, I know I can't do it. And yeah. you were like, get up and walk out. But like, you I know, think that's sick. Yeah. I think then you beat the movie. No. Yeah. Yeah. But you're walking out and you're standing outside of the theater and you know, it's still playing and you know that something's happening. Yeah. But if you are the person that walks out, I think you're like, I don't give a shit. Sure, but I I don't know I don't know though because it's like that's well, you. again there's you're different punk, people you're punk rock about it like yeah, I don't like, think I, man fuck this guy I don't think it's like man fuck this guy I think it's like no I can't handle this like I I've I've already seen too much and I don't want to see any more of this like yeah, I, I think that's it's, what I'm I think imagining. it could be either one and the, that, uh, that's what yeah. I like about people that's Everybody's what, I, what Danny's saying yeah. is yeah. like but I that's was, what I'm saying imagine you're that guy imagine you're not David who's like fuck this fucking guy I'm leaving imagine you're the person who's like I can't oh this seems like it's gonna be serious and I know I can't handle it and you get out you know something's happening yeah. And you know, and it's almost like it's it's giving you the impression that what's happening in the movie happens with or without you, yeah. And that is kind of like a really really dark thought in relation to that movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like that exists without your participation. Yeah, yeah. This this exists in the review section. Yeah, as Sick. well. Cool, cool. I I also use the word list too strong. I have two other examples. Hit it. That's a list. Okay, so like three it. three things <laughs> in total. Yeah, I had one. Um, okay. Yeah, me too. Uh, so <laughs> my, my last question was going to be like, if we don't, if we don't consider this, you know, uh, to be, um, uh, an example of, of the fourth wall, it's like, you know, you know, why, why insert something like that in here? But I think it's so clearly like, we agree, right? There's no reason to, to think otherwise that yeah. this isn't an example of that. What the warning? Yeah. Oh, no, no yeah, warning. It's, 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 it's a yeah. fourth. Yeah. That's okay, what cool. it's for. All right, I'll go with uh, example two. Yeah, I'm gonna say, and this would be something that, again, I'm not saying like, again, I just want to float the idea. I'm not yeah. telling you this is what it is. Yeah, I'm floating the idea, and I think we could think about it in a in a way. I also think that it might be 
of the weaker of the ones, but I still think there's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you chose to believe it, it would dramatically change the movie. Uh, And it's the opening monologue. And he starts out by saying, so it's all about the tense. (laughs) He starts out in the third person. So uh, that there's this kid and there's like, he grows up to this and he goes to jail and whatever, sex with this dude. And uh, he loses his innocence to like Jesus or like the church or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he becomes the butcher and the butcher gets married and the butcher has a thing. And then he says, quote, so this man is me. This has been my life so far. But today starts my new life. I'm starting all over again. So the tense switches from this third person Hmm. thing to a first person talking to someone. Yeah. So Hmm. we, we said last week that this is like kind of like a modernism play where we get the like stream of consciousness, whatever. Yeah. And it absolutely is. So I, I, that ending is stream of consciousness, like one oh one. Yeah. Um, but I don't necessarily think we could, the only way to read it is that it's an interior thought. I yeah. think that can be an implicit, I'm now direct, I'm now acknowledging th- to the person on the other side of this film, which is the viewer. Yeah. Like it sounds like a diary, yeah. it could be, be like a diary entry. Yeah. Like it could be read that way. But I think that what it does, regardless of whatever, what, what the intent was or whether or not it's a fourth wall break, it's yeah. padding you for the fourth wall break because it's addressing, so it's talking and there's nobody in the fucking room because it's a voiceover. So you naturally are like, you're talking to me. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But this is a, the guy narrating and talking about himself, almost like he's like made a movie about his life and he wants to show it to you. Yeah, exactly. But if we were thinking last week that this is a manifesto, right? Yep. And that he's giving this manifesto the entire time. Like for a man of, a man of every person who writes a manifesto wants an audience. You don't write one mm-hmm. yeah. otherwise. Well, it's like, so, that's almost the preface then yeah. where it's the author saying like, yo, yeah. there's, here's this story. And now yeah, I'll take it from here. Mm-hmm. Here's another reason why I think it can be an example of the fourth wall. So I think that to be clear, I think the f- switch from third to first person yeah. is super big. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I have another idea why, but I'll ask it in the form of the question first. So when he says, um, so this is this is this man is me. This has been my life so far, but today starts my new life. I'm starting all over again. What impact does that have on the viewer in the way that we perceive the rest of the film? So he goes from telling you this passive third person story to being like, but today something new is going to happen. Well, he doesn't know what's happening any more than you do. Yeah. Like he doesn't have any, like, it's not, it's, this didn't happen before it's happening now while you're mm-hmm. watching it. Like in yeah. like, like almost like in real True. time. True. Yeah. Yep. And at the same time, even though you don't know where it's going to end, you now know what the movie's about in a, in a certain way. Like yeah. it's being pref it's being prefaced, it's being set up and it's like teed up for you. It's like, I've been this kind of victimized person that's been marginalized and treated as poorly, but now it's all different and it's going to change. Yeah. And everything, the whole entire movie is shaped through that lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know how it's going to end or what's going to happen, but we know that there's going to be a shift from who he was. And if it, we had to watch Car- Carne, yeah. it would have been more impactful that way. Cause we know it's something it's going to go differently than yeah. that one. But yeah. the, the, they were made, they were made, they're really different movies. Yeah. Like it's like th- there also was a warning. Mm-hmm. Also, this is wild. At the end of Carne, there's a fourth wall break. No, not at the end. I'd say like there's 38 minutes. It probably happens at like minute 31 where uh, it says 
like the the text flashes on the screen, you have just watched Carne, or if you you have just seen Carne, mm-hmm. and then there's like another ten minutes in the movie. Hmm, that's wild. Yeah. That's cool. And there's also I think a it's so cool. At, there's like, a warning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. that's so sexy. Fucking yeah. sexy. <laughs> sexy, sexy, so fresh. He's your sexy ad man. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Like, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a warning at the beginning of Carne, but it's like it's far more genuine. Like it's not like it's like it's like I think that in his mind, it, like it kind of reminded me of a. Uh, have you seen you've seen uh, Peep Show, like the TV show? No, you've never seen Peep Show. I feel like I've seen Peep. Show. I have not. It's the fish-eyed one with like the Mitchell and Webb dude. No, maybe not. Then you have to watch that show. Okay, it's got like nine seasons. It's like a, it's like a British show, and it's it's like the British. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, kind of. But it's just okay. like two guys, and they're just like like in less like overtly grotesque ways, but more like internally making like like repulsive decisions, like that are like just like selfish out of like awkwardness. But uh, one of the characters is trying to start a band with his like buddy, like a techno band. And they can't decide if they're a rock band or a techno band or not. Like what's like what's what's going to touch the people the most. And they're like sitting there around like talking about it and they like make like five songs and they sound so fucking weird and shitty. And then they like come up with a name and then he's like, yeah, we got to come up with a name. that's really going to grab people and smack them across the face. And then they're like, like, and they come up with free the pedos. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. The name of the band. That- <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> boom, <laughs> that'll blow everybody away. <laughs> like they're like, they're trying to make that big statement and that's what, it felt like to me watching it, like the warning was like, he was like, I'm about to hit the scene, bitches. Like, <laughs> welcome to Carne. And it's like, you just watched Carne. Like, Amazing. It's kind of like more like monster energy drink than fucking <laughs> like, yeah. art house. Yeah. Um, just to, uh, to close this particular one off. Uh, no, no, no. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go watch Peep Show now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we, I talked about this, but I, I just want to be clear. Uh, if we do consider this an admission to the audience, like if you decide to go down that route, yeah, um, how, you know, how does it impact the dialogue for the rest of the movie? It just stops becoming that internal monologue, and it becomes like a simply a one-sided conversation held with the viewer. Yeah, which is uh, could be like which is a cool could be a cool way to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one. This is this, and this is all I got. Uh, my last moment where the fourth wall breaks down is uh, you keyed me into it when I was thinking about it was the three endings. Yep. True. So my question is, or so we get these three endings in the film. So how do they as a collection Mm -hmm. illustrate the fourth wall? Well, because you don't get to go back Mm -hmm. in real life. Mm -hmm. There aren't alternate outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you shoot yourself or your daughter. But yeah. the the funny thing is, it's it doesn't seem like it's for the benefit of him because the thing that he's trying not to do, he does in all three endings. Yeah. So. Uh, oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, who's it for then? It's for us. Yeah. So here's the here's the thing. Uh, this is really interesting to me. <laughs> uh, uh, so my question is, is that my first question is, do we ever get an ending to the film? If there's three possibilities, do we ever get a like a tied together ending to the film? No. I feel like the third one is the one. Yeah. But that's only because of the big Hollywood cinematic like pan away yeah. down the street. You're yeah. like, okay, that's now yeah. life is carrying on from here. Yeah. So like in a s- traditional story realism storytelling kind of way. Yeah. I say we do not get an ending to right. the film. Yeah. 
But I would say we do get an ending to the film because what are the what's the one thing all three of those endings have in common? He molests his daughter. That's the ending to the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's told through three different versions in which he, he... It's like that idea of doing it, trying to go back, and I still end up doing it. I try to go back, and I still end up doing it. Yeah. So the ending is for him. Yeah. Like, it's it's almost like justifying why he's got to do it, you know? Or yeah. like, what will I do if I do it? Yeah, it's almost like it's, almost like it's the the lead-in or the thought process that he's going through to justify doing it before he does it, which happens off screen even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's like a number, it's just, it, it feels like it's like, um, like, yeah, like, like you were saying, the, because that one thing doesn't change at all, it gives you the impression as a viewer that no matter what, that's going to happen. Yeah, so it doesn't got, matter which, which way that it ends because that's what this whole movie is about ultimately. Is yeah. This guy giving into that. It's like you get three different endings of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which yep. is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so my next, my last question, second, I got one A and one B or one and one A. Mm. Uh, do you think the three endings emphasize or call like high, like in the fourth wall way, emphasize the fiction of the film? Do you think that betray, like, is he betraying the fiction of the film in any way by utilizing these three, these three endings or like not giving us the, the traditional, this is how it ends? Well, I don't think so because he messes with the traditional, like, like at least visually messes with the the structure of it narratively all the time with those like gunshot snap things, which is so, so like subtle, but it doesn't happen in real fucking life. Yeah. And like, because you're seeing things in a way that they don't happen, like in real life, you're, you're, it's conditioning you to think that like, this isn't a straightforward story. Like this is, we are at the mercy of this guy's crazy brain at certain moments when it's like view snaps onto something that he's looking at you're 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 forced to do that with him and so that could be applied to the three endings it's Mm -hmm. just like just because that's how he's experiencing it doesn't mean that it's not happening yeah for sure yeah i i so yeah i i still think that can be a way though of of calling attention to at the end calling attention to uh, the fact that it is betraying like the fiction of this, and I still all, mm-hmm. even the the bullet sounds too. I think the that you're absolutely correct. I I love the idea of like oh, yeah we're now at the will or mercy of this person's um, imagination. Imagination. Yeah, yeah, I like that but too. But that's now I think that can inform the idea that you're like that you are calling. He's telling you how you're going to watch this this film. Yeah. Right, like it's breaking reality. Yeah, yeah, because you're not you. you're not watching anymore. If yeah. we're to go back when you were saying about breaking the fourth wall, we're saying I was saying like the a fishbowl idea. Yeah, it's like you wouldn't see what the fish was thinking. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you are you're like yeah. in his head and yeah. seeing seeing it instead of having him tell you it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just taking it down. Yeah, yeah. So my last question <clears throat> then is like you know go down the route of like, okay, like, you know, this might be a, 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 a symptom of the movie or what uh, Gaspar is trying to do is call the fiction of the film, like at the end by blurring what hap or the, you know, what happens or the, the context or circumstance around the molestation of the daughter. Mm-hmm. It's like, why call that into question? Why then at the end of the movie where people, typically people like a bow at the end of the movie, it's all wrapped up. Like, why do that at the end? 
It doesn't give you the satisfaction of hating the guy. Mm-hmm. What like do you mean like, by that? Well, it's like even though you know, it's like it, like you at the end of the movie, you want to separate yourself from this guy because you've been stuck with him in like almost like real time or whatever the whole movie you've been stuck with his experience the whole time and you're fucking you don't agree with what he's saying you don't agree with what he's doing and you just want to be fucking free from him and the best way to do that would be like well this guy just fucking molested and killed his daughter that guy's repulsive but it doesn't give you the satisfaction of knowing that for sure yeah so you can't even separate yourself completely because you're not even sure whether or not he's to you can put the blame on him for that yeah Yes, and that's yeah. tough. That's, that's well yes, put. I like that a lot yeah. for sure. Yeah. Normally, I I hate when plots go back. Mm-hmm. Like when you see somebody wake up from a dream. Yeah. I, I tend to always go like fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always, and yeah. then like oh they're in another dream. God yeah. damn it! It's what's, just so what's, stupid. What's the movie with there's a, like a horror movie or something with a triple dream where somebody falls in a lake and then it's like a hand grabs them and they wake up in bed and then that bed's in the lake and they wake up again. Oh yeah. yeah. I know. What I is know. that movie? Uh, and someone who's someone who's listening to this right now is like, "You fucking, it's <laughs> this, you fucking." Yeah, I'm gonna shout out. <laughs> I'm gonna shout out like our like the fan that we have yeah. that like yeah. messages. It's Spooky Me and Dan. He knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Spooky Me and Dan. No, shout out to that guy for yeah, sure. Hit us up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, for keeping us honest. Yeah, man. Um, Check out his podcast, Spooky Squad. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but stuff like that I usually hate, and all I was gonna say is in this one I liked it. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Ah, because nice. it's not, but it's not the same thing. It's not like it's not pump faking you. It's doing something, right? Yeah. And what you're saying about being left with him is interesting because when he shot himself, I was like, ah, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, that that ending didn't bother me in any way, shape, or form. No, it was yeah. like, oh, dope. Yeah, fuck. And you. then they're yeah. like, and then it's. No, no, he's still here. You're like, fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the shitty turn. It goes it kind of goes yeah. back to what we were talking about last week with the idea of relief, right? Yeah. Where that that's the tension of the film is that you you're being so closely like partnered up with this awful awful human being and you're you're riding the wave that he's on and you just want it to be over. Yeah. For him, for you and for the people in his life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Super that's a super interesting Danny way to uh to read those the fiction of it. But that's what I had on uh, the fourth wall. That was dope. Yeah. Uh, I just want to briefly touch on, like, without getting into it too much. I think that it's interesting to like we were gonna we kind of like talked about it a little bit in the car. But it's interesting with him because it's like we talk about like it's. I think we're gonna get into it a little bit more maybe in a later episode. It's just something that we talk about quite a bit. But the um, uh, intentional fallacy versus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, if we had more time uh, today. Uh, but something that w- might be worth op- like a can of worms that we could open up and try and pick up later is this kind of puts me in a, in a weird position because I champion this intentional fallacy idea, which means that it doesn't really matter what um, an author or a director, whoever the creator of a work intends to do with it. It, you can read them as these standalone texts. And I think we've proven that with like things like the Panopticon and breaking yeah. your will, yeah. but conversations like the fourth wall, dives into the idea of like the the auteur and that's something that people celebrate so the auteur is like you know i did a little bit of reading into it today and it's you know bare bones it's a way in which uh people were separating uh kind of like niche 
peripheral directors from mainstream Hollywood mm-hmm. who would just kind of serve the big budget and the agenda of like the the motion picture machine as opposed to creating works of art that they felt had merit and deserved to be made. So being an auteur is you're being, you know, celebrate. It's like the, you cannot separate the movie from the director and people have like taken that to task because it's like, a movie has a writer, so if it's not co-written, if it's co-written by someone, it can't just be one person's vision. But yeah. what lines up about this particular movie is it was written by Noé and it was directed by him. So it's easy to say, like, Noé is doing something and, like, this is a part of his oeuvre and this is, like, he's an auteur. Yeah. But then there's the tension with the, like, well, you now we're, we're, we're subscribing, like, an intentional fallacy on him. Well, yeah, because it's like, well, it's like, so here's, here's something somewhere where I've always struggled with that. Is it possible to say this work is trying to say something rather than saying the man who created this or the woman who created this is trying to say something? Yeah. And I think it's that it's, I think, and again, it's like just the, the kind of the way that, uh, what I kind of took on or like gravitated towards in, in school is, or learning in like interpretation is that it's really slippery and difficult to say that this person means to do something without talking to that person. It's just slippery to do that. And then we've learned that it's really difficult to believe people when they say that they're doing it because we don't know the the intention and if there's ulterior motives or the authenticity behind that they're saying, this is why I'm doing it. But to say that, not even that I think this is what a text does, you can absolutely be like, no, this this text does this particular thing. Yeah. It does A, B, and C. But can you say that it's saying something? Because that's the difference with, I think, the fourth wall break is that it's, I feel like, not always, but sometimes it's trying to say something. And I think in this case, it is. I think you can. And I think is it what, what would, would make a strong ar- um, argument in anything yeah. is if you, and that's why I like to stick to the text. Because if you can point to things in the text as your proof that the text is saying something, then you're correct. But to say that without, to say that the author is trying to do this or believes this and they're using their text to represent that, yeah. that's where the bridge kind of collapses because we don't have the verification from that person. Yeah. But I think if you can like, that's why if you stick to an, um, a text in front of you, whether that's a film or a book or something... And you're saying, okay, I have an argument Mm -hmm. and it happens here, 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 and here. And this proves my argument. That's a way to build logic as opposed to being like, no, but he meant this. It's like, it's like a tautology. It's like God exists because God says he exists. Yep. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I was just thinking about uh, the grindcore band, Agoraphobic Nosebleed, Mm -hmm. what we were talking because, yeah, they're great. uh, the guy who programmed all the drums and played guitar was, it was like a solo project at first. And he would just, I guess it was in his bedroom at the time. And he would just like scream into the microphone and he would just scream nonsense that sounded like words. And he would listen to it afterwards and hear what it sounded like. And then he would write out what it sounded like as the lyrics. That's cool. So like, he didn't even know what his point was. Mm -hmm. And that's what this conversation was reminding me of. Yeah. It was like, he had no message whatsoever, but he ended up with a message based on what it sounded like to him. Yeah. Yeah. And it was his own music. So yeah. like, that's a weird way to separate yourself already yeah. from yeah. your own art. Yeah. I think though, you know, maybe just to, again, show the complication in this is to say that, uh, authors and creators are completely, should be completely dismissed or 
divorce themselves from what they create is absolutely incorrect. Like as all of us who try to create shit, I definitely like if I'm writing something, I definitely have a a message that I would want to get across. Mm -hmm. But I also realized that as soon as you write something or you create something and you put it out into the world, you give up authority over it. Oh yeah. And it now like goes into the ether of interpretation and you have to be cool with the things that come back. Yep. Or not bothered by, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like somebody misreads it. In your opinion, doesn't deva- it doesn't validate or invalidate what they took out of it. What about enraged by? Is that is that cool? What's that? To be enraged by? <laughs> to be enraged by? Yeah, that, absolutely for sure. Absolutely <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, a conversation that. I mean, we could do a thread on for sure. Yeah, we I just could... I just thought it was interesting in the context of him specifically because it's like earlier was talking about like trying to determine what he's trying to do because you could also like he he's less so on the line but like you know like for example like a really a better example would have been like uh lucifer valentine when we were really like what the fuck like this feels like it has some sort of depth to it Mm -hmm. and then we just found out that it just doesn't yeah yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, that one. Oh, what yeah. But, it, but it's like, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, it's like when you start to make out some sort of meaning, like what if you're wrong? Does that mean that there is no meaning or does that mean that there's accidental meaning? Yeah, that the and, art has meaning and the guy doesn't. Yeah. 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 And so it, it's tough with him because it's like his, like Gaspar Noy's stuff is so, feels so deep, mm-hmm. like so deep. Like it really sticks with you and you remember for a long time and it has a very palpable feeling and it means something to you having seen it. Like it, it for me, it really occupies like a really like permanent concrete block in the way that I see film in general is like mm-hmm. that, that guy is, you, you, you have to go around him. You're not fucking moving him. Like he's mm-hmm. part of it now. Yeah. And, it, and he, if he's intended to just be a shit, mm-hmm. that's, pretty nuts mm-hmm. you know what i mean yes yeah. yeah i think that's awesome i think it's yeah it's cool but it's, it's just fun. like it's also like like is it possible yeah yeah it's i mean it's a it's a fun story yeah yeah yep yeah i mean it's possible i don't know necessarily know if i believe it no that's but, I, i'm yeah. not i'm not even i'm not even suggesting one thing or the other i'm just yeah. saying that like mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about it in the context of him yeah. because it's like when you read because about you love him we get it no, no yeah, but, <laughs> oh, sorry but no but like if you if you think about it in that context though is it, it's just sort of like is he if he's really just being a turkey man mm-hmm. about everything and just throwing stuff out there we're just talking about this for no reason for so long oh we've been yeah i mean we talk yeah this I mean, podcast is going to be five hours long because we're talking about it for no reason okay that's how it right. but that's how it is like yeah, that's, that's what we do yeah I mean, we we've done this for every film. We yeah. we did this for fucking. I don't even remember Palumbo's movie's name. Murder, Murder set, set pieces. pieces. Yeah, you yeah. know what? What was the point of that? That's true. That one was yeah, a junker. This is a great film. <laughs> we just put yeah, a yeah. bunch of those <laughs> episodes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this much. No, I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely done. Yeah. Uh, review time. Hit it. There, it's very short. There are only five or six. I like them all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here we go. All one out of fives. These are all from eBay. Wait, cool. no, none of them are from eBay. They're all from Amazon. Okay. eBay had all stinkers. Yeah. Okay. No good ones. Uh, here we go. Jeff Silva, 2014. He says, an hour and a half listening to the thoughts of some depressed dick. Final scene is somewhat shocking, but then you find out it was a dream. This movie sucks. <laughs> What's the whole one? What? A I like it. I like dick. that. I was like, that's fair. Yeah. 
that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's right. <laughs> maybe he is right. And yeah. there's there's a couple in here that I was like, fuck, they're given one out of fives, but like, I think they might be right. <laughs> they're, they're right they're but we five out of five exactly, but it's the same yeah. thing they're, yeah. they're wrong about the one but the rest is true mm-hmm. alright I'm going to save the name of the person for after uh, this one says awful just awful unless you graduated from Evelyn Wood's speed reading class you're not going to be able to keep up with the writing at the bottom <laughs> and even if you could you can't watch the writing and the movie too The plot was stupid, the acting was bad, the cliches are tired. Maybe in 1910 this would have been a hit, but today it's amateurish and just not good. I don't like to knock someone's art, but this doesn't deserve to be on film. Whoa. The subject of this one is (laughs) P.U. Spelt in caps and really long. That's awesome. And it's uh, by the author intellectual heterosexual <laughs> oh my god that is a crazy that, name that's the best name of anybody in the movie so far that's yeah. a really good one intellectual heterosexual that's, my, yeah. that's a new rap, rap name that's a fucking that's a fucking ketis line yeah, yeah. that's a that's a chili's line that's for a chili sure. peppers line intellectual for sure. yeah. intellectual heterosexual like, <laughs> Ah, uh, good God! Intellectual. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really good. That's the, okay. Hold on, we gotta talk about that, that for a quick second. Yeah. He's complete. Like, uh, do, so does he not realize that the subtitles <laughs> are the words? Do, well, like, do I, mean, I think that he graduated from Evelyn's Woods <laughs> speed reading class? class? Like, wh- who the fuck else knows that? Is Maybe that like he a dropped thing? out? Yeah, for sure. Is that a yeah? Man, viewer, like listeners, t- all ten of you, please, like, yeah. let us know. Like, is that a real thing? Yeah. Like, have any of you enrolled? Yeah. How did it go? Did he? Do you think he took it as like a slight from like the Evelyn Woods? It's like it, like he thought it was like a personal attack because he couldn't read fast enough and he had yeah. left yeah. the Evelyn Woods yeah. school yep. speed reading. Yeah. But so, like, just yep. to be clear, <laughs> but it he, seems like you he know doesn't what? understand what he doesn't. Subtitles he doesn't are. say that he couldn't. He says, unless you graduated from the Evelyn Wood speed reading class, you're not going to keep up with the writing. Which suggests that he might have. Maybe he did. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yo, this movie is too much for my all my comrades. Yeah. Yeah. You can just slow it down. Yeah, I brought my boys out and they couldn't even keep up. I had to explain it to them afterwards. Yeah. I explained uh, it wrong. Because I'm a graduate. Yeah. But the, the like the thing that's sticking with me about this one particularly is, is that he seems like he it seems like he thinks that the movie was made with the subtitles voiced on like like put their like it's yeah. like all movies are intended to be made in English so when exactly. they're done in French yes it's rude to have people speak fast because it's hard to read course, in English yeah. <laughs> yeah like he's like why like why would you even make a movie that people can't watch in English that's the whole point of making movies yeah <laughs> yeah I was thinking that too. That's super funny. Yeah. Yeah. But like he, it's like, I don't think it's like, I think it's genuinely coming from a place of ignorance. Like it feels like so honest. 100%. I will also yeah. add that the entire thing is in cap locks. That's awesome. I should have said that. Cause Perfect. that's, it made it very hard to read. And PU is like 20 letters. Just P-U. To- <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly That's a it. really good fucking <laughs> review, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Heather Brames says, Heather Brains? Brames. Oh, Brains. It's <laughs> yeah. a different yeah. it's a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't understand. 
I bought this movie and there wasn't much violence in it, which is what I was curious about since the rating was so high for violence. Do I have a censored copy? I don't remember a part with a warning sign saying not for people with weak stomachs to watch, so what was wrong with my DVD? There was a triple X scene, but whip-de-doo. I don't really care about that. Maybe I stopped the movie too soon at the end because I was bored out of my mind that I missed a good part. Do not buy, and then I bought Irreversible, and I got a season of Ally McBeal in the mail instead, so whatever, I guess it was a waste of money. (laughs) (laughs) What? That took a fucking twist at the end. So whatever, Uh, I guess it was a waste of money. Okay, first off... uh, the idea of being like, I wonder if I missed a cool scene. At the, I know she's being like facetious, but like the fact that you wouldn't. I don't know. If, that, is she being facetious? Because she's straight up like, do I have a censored copy early on? And then is like, but then right what are people talking about this warning sign? Did I miss something? I turned it off because I was bored. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like written like in the style of House of Cards. where It's like you are going through her viewing experience and her experience buying Irreversible and then getting the twist at the end, which is just you got Allie McBeal and stuff. <laughs> It's like all the so, things happen to you in the way that they happen whatever. to Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah good review. Yeah, good yeah review. I thought that one was really wild. Also enjoy uh, another instance of like females searching out like fucked up shit. Yeah. Um, and being like, it's like whatever. Yeah. I see fucking all the time. Like Triple I like your scenes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and she did write whip de doo not whoop de doo That I, that wasn't me saying it incorrectly. What's the triple X? Whip de doo when they're fucking in the, yeah, the, the porn house. Oh yeah, yeah, the, like yeah, the actual right. just straight up porn yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. I, I I honestly was just like, well, that's just not like it's not part of the movie. It's just in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my in my mind, I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to ignore that because he's watching. I'm not watching that <laughs> yeah, for sure." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the only part I watched yeah. <laughs> intensively. Yeah. All right, this one's uh, short, and then I'm going to get into a to a a thread. Okay. Uh, G. Anderson says, "Piece of crap." That's the subject, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this film was done many times better by Scorsese when it was called Taxi Driver. Uh, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that I was like, "Fuck, that's yeah." That he's he's right. I still say it's a five out of five, but that's yeah. accurate. But you know what though, man? Fucking go watch Taxi Driver if you want to watch Taxi Driver. It's a different movie. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like yeah. it's like yep. the same time. Yeah, fuck you. What's this guy's name? G. Anderson. G. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. Man. Fuck you, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Jeff with a G. Jeff, All yeah, right. G-off. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to get into one. So this uh, this review, I thought, well, it's pretty good. Yeah. But then there was a response to it. Okay, so And awesome. it's the response that is nice. So B5 Anteros says, boring, pretentious, junk subject. Once again, I've been suckered into wasting my time on boring, pretentious junk. I like small, independent, even foreign films when done right. This was not. It was mind-numbing, boring, pathetic attempt at filmmaking. Violent? Um, no. Shocking? Please. Horrifying? My God, Pocahontas was more horrifying. Yes, a porn clip in the middle of the film is the only thing that made me sit up and take notice. 
awful, awful junk. Forget all the rave reviews here and skip it unless you need some sleep. This will induce it in spades. Wow, okay, scathing. Yes. Now, let's read what E5150 said. All right. I noticed that you're gay. (laughs) Straight out of the gate? Yes, that is the first thing. That's crazy. I noticed (laughs) that you're gay. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start from the top only because just the flow of this is unreal. Okay. I noticed that you're gay. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, you admitted to watching Pocahontas. What sort of real man would watch that? So I can only deduce that you are gay since everything you think is completely the reverse of what's normal. Oh my God. (laughs) Motherfuck. Whoa. I love that this guy is clearly like an outrageous Gaspar Noir fan. And then when you think about that in relation to him jerking off in his own movie to try to seem like he's not homophobic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I... (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. The twist ending to this one is that like M6 Anteros is just Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Super, the the Gaspar uh, Super fan. I noticed that you were uh, gay. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much this, so it must be that everything that you like is the opposite of what's normal. Yeah. I deduced this. Yeah. That's it. B5 Anteros does respond. It's not nearly as good. Uh, he just says, you're not human, are you? You can't be. Satan in disguise. That's it, moron. <laughs> throw away your brain since you obviously don't need it. Don't donate it. Just throw it away. It's not a bad response. It seems like I'm in, co- in good company with all these Gaspar Noir fans who are like obsessed with like thinking that they're smart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. seems to be like the common denominator with all these reviews. It's like being obsessed with thinking that they're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it for reviews. I mean, there, Fuck, there's man. other ones, but they're long, and those are the those are the killers. Those are good fucking reviews, man. <laughs> Not that was wild. That was wild. Every fucking week, you're, you come in here and you're like, I don't know if they're that good, and then they're fucking amazing. Ah, but you guys make it good when we're all laughing. That's what and does the it. fucking like. Yeah, I don't know if these are ones good. Uh, yeah. So the response is, I noticed that you're gay. <laughs> like that's the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that was, that so was white hot. I yeah. I had to click open. It said five comments on that, and I thought. That one's not that good as a standalone. How did it get five comments? And yeah. clicking that was the best thing I did. Yeah, that's that fucking smart, crazy. Yeah. Also, also fucking intellectual heterosexual. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah I wish dropping our... a P. Yeah. P. Yeah. I didn't know you say that since like, <laughs> I know, like I was like eight years old. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I wish our dear friend of the podcast was here to, to really key his home at, Intellectual, yeah. Oh man, so good. <laughs> maybe that's what. Yeah, we can <laughs> figure it out. We can like get, get him to record one on the phone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the dialing. Yeah. Yo, Evelyn Wood speed reading is a thing. For sure, it is. Just that guy's now. definitely a graduate <laughs> yeah. of Evelyn Wood speed reading. Yeah. That's too specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Just thought I'd make uh, sure. No, it's, those are great reviews, man. I'm yeah, happy. thanks. Very happy thanks, guys. Bad boys. Um. I guess for this episode, we're going to, instead of doing our traditional reveal, David and I do a reveal for Danny, uh, we've decided to take a look at the Extreme Cinema Compendium over at HorrorNews.net. Do, do, do we want to get into why briefly? 
No. Okay. Well, yeah, just because every movie's been art. Yeah, we've watched. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. We just said two we're, weren't. We're, we're we're finding a we're finding it hard to find these movies uh, to to find these movies uh, or, or every movie we've watched we thought was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we're trying to see. We're shaking if, it up. Yeah. <laughs> if, if by name only we yeah. can pick some some shitters. Yeah, yeah. So that's we took it. We we each took three titles off of horrormovie.nets or horrornews.nets. Um, Extreme movie comp- compendium. There's like, I don't know, a hundred fucking, hundred fucking movies on there. Yeah, and we're judging based on our our criteria was first and foremost the title of the movie. Yeah, that allowed us to then click on that movie and see if the movie poster or cover held up. Yeah, so it had to pass that strenuous criteria <laughs> which a lot of, I, I gotta say it was a huge bummer seeing some of those covers because the names were very enticing yeah. yes because instantly you're like oh no can't do that one <laughs> so also we're uh i don't know i doubt i don't know the, the odds are not in our favor no of we, having to yeah so we're, what we're trying here is the way that we're gonna pick the movie from these nine possibilities is that if they're if two out of the three of us match with, match with each other we're automatically watching that one yeah what if we match on two movies? I feel like it might happen. Like, I honestly do. Because some of them were like, I was like, either you missed it. Yeah. Or we missed some. Yeah. yeah there was a few that like, like I, yeah, there were a few. There's no yeah. doubt. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get Should to we it. do one movie at a time each? Yeah. Okay. And then this is like, for me, no particular order. I'm just like the, fir- Same here. the first round of just floating it out there. Yeah. I put mine in alphabetical order because the list was. I love it. Okay. Well, I'll do the same now then. All right. <laughs> Yeah, do you have everybody's got to do alphabetical now? Right? <laughs> it's not hard. It's yeah. <laughs> are you ready, Danny? Do you need a minute? Do you need a minute? Yeah, hold yeah, on. I got it. Okay, Danny, are you ready? Yeah. Who's going first? You can go first. Okay. Dead girl. Pappy. Doctor Leprosy's visceral. <laughs> All right, my first one is nutbag. I love oh. that you pick nutbag, dude interesting too with this i love you you went so you're deep in the list i went deep in the list okay 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 Uh, my next one is terror firmer (laughs) (laughs) my my next one is excess flesh okay i was i was peaked my interest was peaked by that one as well (laughs) i got uh sadisticum Ooh, I almost picked that one the cover was bomb yeah okay cool (laughs) Um, my last one, uh, was called wedding trough and in brackets, pig, pig, pig fucking, fucking movie, pig fucking movie. I knew somebody else. I was, that's what I was like. I was like, if you miss the brackets, you're not picking that. Movie. That was my third one. Mine was the great American Holocaust. Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, so we're watching, uh, wedding trough, pig fucking movie. So let's pull up the year and the director. Let's do it proper. Who's a, it's an older one. It's 19... 19- oh, yeah, I do have it up. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You, you go ahead. No, no. I Directed by uh, T- Thierry? Thierry, yeah. Thierry? Thierry, yeah. Thierry Zeno? Do you know what year it is? 1975. Oh, shit. Do we, want, do we... Do we... I mean, I feel like we have to. No, that's the rule of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, gotta yeah, watch no, it. That's the rule. So, yeah, that's the rule. It's called Wedding Trough. It is called Wedding Trough. Yeah. I remember that title from a previous viewing of this list. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there it is. Yeah. The cover says AKA the pig fucking movie right on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so perfect. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, join us for <laughs> Wedding Trough. 
aka the pig fucking movie. Bye. 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 Bye.